I know, this is so exciting. What time is it with you, Ken? Like 11, 12 uh, it's, it's like 11-ish, yeah, like quarter after 11. Not too bad. Not crazy early like you guys. I'm good at, I'm good for nighttime. Like morning is hard. Okay. If I start us off, we'll jump into this and see what happens, yes? We'll see where it takes us. See where it takes yeah. us. How many hours we can talk waffle. Well, That's right. Turn the karate world on its head. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Conversations on Karate. I'm Sue. I'm Greg. And we're joined once again by Ken of Kenfu TV. Hello, Ken. Hello, guys. How are you? We're good. We're I'll never good. get over it. I'll never get over it. Like actually looking at you when you guys say that. <laughs> I, I hear it all the time in my car, but you're not usually in my car. I know. No. You, you don't normally. <laughs> not I remember have... anyway. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One, one day. Ken, we, I, I was saying to Greg the other day, I would genuinely love to come and spend a couple of weeks training at your place one day. Oh, it'd be Truly amazing. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's just make it happen. Yeah. Sure. I would do it. I would so do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, heck yeah. And so same, vice versa. Like, I would love to come and train with you guys and Joe and do the whole thing. be awesome. Anytime. I'm still dead keen on just not telling anyone and having you turn <laughs> up and just start teaching, pretending to be Joe one day. Yeah, I'm gonna need some Joe catchphrases. Things to things that Joe would say that I could just say. What's a Joe catchphrase, Sue? <laughs> um, it's, it's too early for me to know that, but we, we could definitely find some we could definitely find some catchphrases. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and mannerisms. Definitely. Oh, need some of those. Yeah. A beard flick or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll... we'll right, let's get yeah. lined up. It's time to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It would be hilarious. Wait, just in case, Joe, when you're hearing this, you really don't do that. It's okay. <laughs> no, I don't know what you do, Joe. You're going to you know, need tips. I'm going to need secrets. Joe secrets. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll, we'll see if we can uh, get some details from him. There we go. Nice. We will. We'll study him. Mm. We'll study him. Oh. There you go. So, Ken, <sighs> what it? have you been up to since the last time we spoke? When did we speak last, Sue? When was it? I think what it was summer last... time, wasn't it? Was it? No, it was last. It was winter time because your students were digging their way out of seven foot snowdrifts in order to right. attend your classes. They I was That's so right. deeply impressed because I won't drive down the road if there's two inches of snow on the road. So. Yeah, I was impressed too, and a lot of them did it. So much, so much digging, and they still had energy to train. It was crazy. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Early this year. So. Yeah, so biggest thing for me, I've just been focused on, we've been doing a lot of things at the dojo. We've been expanding into a new space and a lot of construction and, and stuff like that. So that's kept me incredibly busy. And then the YouTube thing keeps me awfully busy as well. 
and then I still have to work in the meantime and sleep oh. sometimes. Yes. And so you add all those things up and that's really all I do. I don't have yeah. time for anything else. <laughs> How are you finding the move into your new dojo? Is it is it good? Are you enjoying it? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting move because we, when the pandemic started, we lost the space that we were training in. In fact, so quickly that we our stuff was locked inside the building and we couldn't get to it. Oh, wow. And uh, one of the students at some point sent me a message saying, hey, this would be kind of a funky little spot. And it was this little garage. Uh, and it was something within our price range. And we set up to do it. And I started talking to the landlord and, and said, hey, you know, this would be awesome. But if any of this, because it's attached to a couple other spaces, it was this big warehouse that, that got kind of sectioned up. And I said, if, if the other spaces ever become available, I want to be like stipulation for me signing the lease is I want to be first on the on the list to find out if more space comes available. And we were only a few months in when the next space over came available, which moved us up to about 2000 square feet. And we started working with that. And then got six months later, we had um, the space next to that, which is another 2400 square feet open up. And we've expanded. So we just it slowly became bigger. And and now we've got like 4,400 square feet worth of space, broken up wow. multiple classrooms, and wow. you come in and it's all open. It's this huge warehouse, but it's set up with this. The, the lobby is beautiful. We just got done doing construction. So you come in and you look out and you can see all the way through the entire place. So there's no real rooms. It's actually, well, there's one. We've got to take a wall out first, but you can look out and the lobby's actually kind of raised. So you look down into the classrooms and each classroom is about 2,000 square feet a piece. And one of them used to be a climbing gym, so the seat, the the roof is just huge, massive. I have dreams of doing like a second story with like a Marshall Library and kind of homework space for kids and oh, cool. and like an actual sit down classroom because sometimes you just need to talk and have a place to have a, a notebook out and stuff like that. Um, never stop dreaming, right? Wow. And just keep keep at it. Greg, That's did I tell you I'm not going to train with you guys anymore? I'm going to go move to um, Ken's Park. Yeah, you come to Wyoming. Wyoming. I mean, the the you're going to have to get used to more than an inch of snow. But don't worry. Sometimes it'll be like a foot, and then and then it'll melt by the afternoon. So it's probably fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> so how many how many classes are you teaching there a week? You must be teaching. Uh, I teach about six classes a week, um, and then I've got another instructor that that teaches another. Gosh, he's he's got more classes than I do. Um, and then we've got a Tai Chi instructor in there as well who teaches classes. So I teach about six times, six times a week. I teach, I try to make sure that I've got at least two slots for every art. And I teach Karate, uh, uh, Kali Eskrima and Jiu Jitsu. And so I've got two, two slots for each of those throughout the week. That's really cool. That's I've just impressive. been looking at a video on, on Kali actually that Jesse put up yeah it's like, it's like an it's like a, it, it's a video of him saying the connection between karate and kali and in the comments it was like here's the full hour-long lesson of me and this guy so i was watching that and i was like wow this is really cool yeah i watched that i watched that in fact that's probably remains to be one of my most popular videos was right around the same time i wanted to kind of comment on that a mm. little bit and i made a video talking about it and it's still probably my most viewed video um 
with that and that's his his video is great and the i really enjoy i love when i see people's lessons just actual yeah so do I. actual lessons you know like the little clips that he put in the one video is great but actually just watching and it was still edited a little bit but just watching people train mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of how i got into the idea of doing what i'm doing now which is now i'm recording in every class and uploading videos of just me teaching yeah i so love that it's just sharing that out and that's been kind of that's been actually a lot of fun. Mm. They're good to watch. I really like them. I really like them. They are good. Awesome. They are good to watch. Yeah. It's it, I don't know what it is that's so appealing about watching just a class play out. I don't know why why that's so appealing, but just um I don't know. Just watching people learn something and figure it out and listen to people ask questions. I think we're so often given a sense of people presenting themselves as having done something you know something's perfect mm-hmm. something's finished and when you see someone struggling to understand something and work it out it it just i don't know you feel yeah that's what it is like you, you know those are some hard. of my favorite moments right when somebody has and it was the same way before i was teaching you know if somebody had a good question and it brought up answers and we started exploring it or something those were the most fun times mm-hmm. i yeah. love watching those videos because it satisfies a curiosity you know, I don't know what other people's classes are like. I only know what the classes are like that I've been in. And truth be told, that's not with I've had the same instructors for a long time and a lot of stuff. I've trained with different people. But in my Eskrima, in my Jiu Jitsu, in my Karate, that's it was the same instructors all the time. So I only knew what those classes looked like. So I'm infinitely curious. I mean, we could be wildly different than everybody else's class, and I just would never know it because I'm in my own little bubble doing my own little thing. Mm. And so I love stuff like that because it just kind of satisfies that curiosity. Mm. It does. It feels like a peek behind the curtain, definitely, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What is going on in other people's classes? Right, right. And if you teach, it's kind of nice, too, to kind of see, oh, yeah. I have that happen in my class too. How do they handle that when that happens? Yeah, definitely. Or, you know, how do you approach that? And and sometimes as an instructor, it's nice to see how somebody breaks something down. How would you go about approaching this thing? Well, that's interesting. I've never thought about approaching it that way. You know, like, um, I've watched so many different things on so many different things. And, and one of them is like Ukemi, the falling. Um, and... I've probably taught falling at least six different ways over the years because I'll I'll meet another person or I'll see it another way that somebody does it and I'll kind of go, well, I'm going to see how that goes, see if more people latch on to the idea that way. Um, and so it's changed over time. And I think that that's such a cool thing that we're able to do now. Mm. Yeah. Does it – do you ever think, though, that – I mean, I, I just – I'm projecting now. That you know, you've you've found something and it's really working well, and then you see someone else and you're like, hell, it's so much better than what I do. I've now got to change everything again. Oh. <laughs> I do like that all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the time. I mean, sometimes <laughs> watching videos of other people is validating because you see it and yeah. you're like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. I kind of was going this direction, and I see other people go that direction, and you're like, okay, that that validates maybe i'm on the right track with some of the things that i'm doing and and sometimes yeah you're like okay i've got a really i'll be honest i loved um your episode with mary stevens that came out the other day yeah really really love that and that is a thought-provoking thing as an instructor Mm. to listen to her talk about self-defense and about 
uh, all the different areas she went into in that. Uh, that was wonderful. I really, really enjoyed that. And man, yeah, sometimes it makes you question what you're doing. And if you're uh, sometimes even if you're cut out to do the things that you do. Uh, and that's an interesting place to be. Mm. But I'm not afraid to be there. So I think we need to spend more time in those places. Definitely. And just make sure that we don't run away from them, right? Like, they're one of the biggest failings that I see in the martial arts are people who have spent a lot, spent a lot of time, spent a lot of energy, spent a lot of money, spent a lot of whatever to get where they are doing what they're doing. And even if they are presented with a reason why they need to make a pretty significant change and it makes good sense, they won't because because the cost to get there was too high and they and the cost to change would also be high and sometimes it means that you have to admit that i don't know what i what i thought i knew what mm-hmm. maybe uh, even presented as knowing and now i don't and i'm so afraid of that my ego is so afraid of that that i'm not going to change i'm just going to blinders on i'm going to and i think that's where some of these problems that we get with people that uh, don't want you looking at other things comes from yeah, look at our sure. stuff don't look at other things why are you doing that why are you training with them i think a lot of times it's protecting well you might see something that makes you question me and i don't want you to question me and i think that's a, a horrible problem it's a cancer to the martial arts community to think that way we've got to embrace that we don't have all the answers and it's okay to be wrong provided yeah. we approach it correctly yeah and yeah. that somebody else might have been in that world, in that, that other world for a long time, like Mary has. She's been in that world mm-hmm. and she understands it completely. And I don't yeah, think and not just in the U.S., like in places where it's drastically different than Absolutely. what we even think of when we think Absolutely. of it. Yeah. So we just, I can't even. Exactly. You can't, can you? You can't yeah, even think. You can't. I, the scope of it is, is, I couldn't process it. You know? yeah. 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 So it's an eye-opener. For sure. Yeah. In terms of what to teach, what not to teach, how to teach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's made, yeah. it makes me question a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you scrap it? Do you start over? Do you commit yourself to going a different direction and going, okay, I'm just not going to... For anybody who hasn't listened to that episode, you should listen to that episode. But it was about, um, well, it was about many things. But one of the things was, was self-defense and the fact that we all teach it wrong in a lot of ways it's hard to accurately teach self-defense if you don't employ all of the aspects of it and that it really needs to be its own thing Mm. mary said it incredibly better than i just did um but it makes you question it makes you question like hey do i spend the time to and i've certainly spent a lot of time myself wanting to understand more about that um she mentioned like randy king i've spent time talking to randy king and and gone through some of his courses and stuff like that and you go okay can i incorporate this stuff and can i spend the time to build a curriculum that that incorporates all of this or do i recognize that the time invested would be so high that you got to question your own commitment and go am i committed enough to make this kind of a commitment this change um, or am i best left to let somebody who's more equipped to do it do it mm. And go a different direction. Um, that's that's honestly that's where I was left after while listening to that. That's the thoughts that I was having is how far do I dig into this and do I make that that time commitment to really do that, or do I recognize that maybe I'm not the best person for that? And 
I need to let the the people who are the best people for that do it and just make it known that the things that you're getting from me aren't those things mm. and that those things do exist. And I don't have an answer yet, by the way. I haven't decided the answer to that question, but it's certainly one that I've been thinking about. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, me too. There's definitely uh, stuff that we as martial artists do that is a massive crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, there can be. There there can be. We should be honest. There can be overlap. Mm. It can also be drastically not overlapping at all. I thought what she was saying about the um the, the girls in India, how they were taught karate or, you know, martial arts, and how that gave them physical strength, physical confidence, the ability to hit things, and that those things are really good, powerful, innate qualities to give anybody. Right. But in that in that scenario, that's for girls particularly. But that's that's a huge asset for anybody, which will translate nicely over and, and support your self-defense work. So I think that's a core thing that you're getting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> probably one of the things that stood out to me the most is like there are parts of this, the parts that make it an art that are absolutely valid and, and useful with or without them being applied in a self-defense context or a competition yeah. context. They, like you can, they can exist without either of those things. And, you know, so that's exactly where I came from was thinking, okay, do I focus on those things in, in, in life enhancement and enrichment and confidence building and recognizing that, you know, and not putting the time into the, the gritty reality of the world, which is hard to do with a general class because not everybody is ready for that. That's, you know, I'm not always ready for it. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad things in the world that we're lucky to not have to deal with if we're people who don't deal with them. Mm. And so to generalize that and get put it in front of everybody, some people might be ready for it. Some people might not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The way I mean, I'm I... kind of – sorry, Sue, carry on. No, no, it's all right. Go on. I was going to say the way I'm kind of thinking of it now is, is I was watching a video or – was it a podcast or a video of Ian's the other day where he said that self-defense should be like first aid. You, you go to a yes. first aid course, you learn your super basic skills, but it doesn't make you a brain surgeon, which – you know, so you're not expected to have all this amazing martial arts knowledge. You're just expected to know a little bit to keep yourself safe. And I think, and he also he also says as well, like because I've just been on a self defense course, uh, uh, first aid course is fresh in my head that they they give you the basics and then they point you in the direction if you want to learn more. So, which I kind of think might be a good thing for us with the self defense is we'll give you a couple basic things but if you want to go deep into it here's some places you can go go and speak to mary go and look at this person that person rather mm. than expecting you're going to get it all from us you'll get a little bit from yeah. us mm. but you won't get yeah everything i think um, the burden on any one person to contain all of that knowledge is incredible especially yeah. if you don't live that life and i i don't mm. I, uh, mm. I think you're right talking to you know, people like Mary, other people who specialize in self-defense for specific groups as well. That's the thing, because a lot of self-defense in karate tends to be, you know, you're standing at a bar and a guy starts a fight kind of thing. It's so often that scenario, isn't it? 
you know, whereas self-defense, we know that children aren't going to be in that scenario. It's a school bully or it's, you know, it's, it's, di- it's, it's different yeah. stuff. Or, or somebody in their family or uh, visitors or, you know, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not the context that it's, I call it the low hanging fruit. Most, most martial arts is taught from a low hanging fruit perspective. This is an yeah. easy an easy thing to to wrap this in in order to hand it to you it applies elsewhere but i really can't i I really don't want to go into that so i'm not going to i'm going to just say you spilled this guy's drink carry on defend yourself i think i think a couple of the things though that she said that i think we could definitely do the principle-based learning that we've been that Mm -hmm. that i know greg's been talking about so as opposed to scenario-based if someone is doing x you can do y as opposed to this is a way to get someone's hands off you. This is a way to release yes. your arm. This is a way to run away. This is a way to end something. You know, that that's far more helpful if you've got that in your head that you can just move that way, get someone off you. And what Mary was saying about there's always options and understanding what your options are in any given situation. You're always looking for the weapon or the option or the choice. Yeah. That was, for me, that was, yeah, wow, brilliant. It's always a choice, always an option. I love that. Yeah. Right. Principle-based learning is something that I'm big into at the moment. And going back to that Carly video, Jesse, one of the first things the guy said about Carly was, oh, we don't really focus on techniques. We give you a handful of principles. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, I like that. That's one of the things that I love about Eskrima, like, like I shouldn't say this on a on a karate podcast, but like if I had to give all them all up, I'm, I'd possibly just keep a screamer um, for that exact reason that everything translates, mm-hmm. and it, and it all comes from a place where um, it doesn't need to be. You know, when I when I first learned karate, and I teach it very differently than I first learned it, but you know, it very much had a if this then that situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And admittedly, for my my same instructor, that changed over time. His idea of that, I think that might have been a presentation of how to teach early on. And because later, and he's like, yeah, it's like it's like um, he also does computer work and stuff like that too. So he's he's like, it's like a it's like a database or something. Like, hey, you know, query, I'm in this position. What things could you do? Here's all the results. You just googled the different things that you could do from this place. Choose one do that thing um and you know because in every position you're in you have the potential to have things be more likely to be appropriate and less likely to be appropriate Uh, just like if you're in a position when you move when you are defending oneself not not self-defense but you're defending your person uh, sparring whatever you whatever you're doing if you move into a place, you really only have to be aware of the places that you're vulnerable. For a moment, you can forget about the places that you're not vulnerable because they're not relative right now. They're not relevant. And and then if they move or you move or the situation changes, different areas light up and different areas go dark and you and you become quicker at responding to them because you're not thinking about all the parts of your body. You're only thinking about the parts of the body that could actually be touched from this place. And it reduces your options and then all the things that fit that context are available. And I think it's important to have that as a principal idea rather than 
you know, and I get it from a military standpoint or something, soldiers, where it's like, okay, if this happens, like it need, you need to have only had one thing and done it so many times that that it just happens immediately. Mm. Um, you know, especially because they've got such a short amount of time to to give skills. You know, but here we are chasing it for decades because we love it. That's different. We can we can fill up our toolbox with a variety of things and approach them with without needing to have that one concrete one because we got more time more time than they have yeah yeah for sure and that's the other thing as well is i think for me i i got so caught up in being like do we need to do this or is it a waste of time it's like well it's not a waste of time because you have your whole life to learn it so it doesn't really matter if if it's useful right now or not you know what I mean, you have those core skills right. and principles that are useful, but you can still dive in and learn some other stuff that you may not. Have you ever found yourself questioning whether or not, because um, I know I've done it, where I question, okay, do I really need this thing? I think there's way better ways to do it. There's this or there's that. Um, maybe we don't do that anymore. And then I then I find myself questioning, well, to what to what degree am I good at that thing? because of the the way that we used to train it and it's easy for me to look at it now and go i don't need that because i already have all the skills that that gave me and we kind of divorce ourselves from where the skills came from and we'll think well there's just a better way to do it and do you ever find yourself thinking about that yes fairly recently actually with 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 kata funnily enough and interesting and not 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 solo cutter, but in terms of applications and how I mm-hmm. connect the two, because bef- before I was very much like, here's a t- you know here's a technique from this cutter, go and learn it. And I'm like, well, why am I doing? Why am I relating it to the cutter? Because no one's spending enough time with that technique to actually get good at it. It's just kind of a a fun exercise to look at a cutter. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I'm kind of finding a way to link, like we did yesterday, Sue, we looked at Geo, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of mm-hmm. finding better ways to reinforce the two that they go together. There's no separation between the two now. Yeah. Oh, right. It was, that was, um, that was one of the most fun learnings I've had in doing Kata because I can't, I've, I've re- remember Gion because I started learning it early in the year during you know when it when the only thing available was private set was private sessions with joe for a while there and it was um yeah i hadn't really done many applications from it and we kind of had this i did had this blinding flash of oh oh this is this could actually be several short cutter couldn't it we've just done a whole section on which is repeating and and Uh it's like as soon as you get to the what was it punching across yeah, do you do Geon, Ken? Yeah, I hate those katas. I don't really hate those katas. <laughs> no, the, 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 the set Gion, Jite, and um, Jin, or Jin, yes, yeah, Jin, yeah, Jin. Um, I, they are the three katas that in my life, in all of the years that I've trained, I always confuse which ones which. I can never. I'm like, <laughs> we're gonna do this one. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that kata. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like Gion and Jite. Uh, G, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I did, yeah. If yeah, if I was to get rid of one, it would be that. I, be that I, one. I haven't practiced that in years. So yeah. Yeah, I can't say the that set those three. I haven't probably touched those in quite a while either. Um, but obviously, I've been in a bit of a reductionist thing lately. Yes. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, the, the way kind of I approach connecting the two now is something I mm-hmm. I questioned, and then like you said, I kind of was like, well, actually, how do other people do this? And maybe I'm just not very good at making the connection and making people appreciate the connection enough to want to keep the kata. Oh, sure. So now I think like yesterday, Sue, you kind of saw how the yeah, two... So what did you guys do yesterday? How did that, how did that go yesterday? Well, what do we do, Sue? We, we, we started working off from basic, just a, a double collar clinch. Mm-hmm. And working, separating either separating the arms, one on the top, one underneath, coming through the middle, and also using it to like split a guard. So if someone's hands, using it to split and enter through the middle. Yeah, and we started off a choke. Yeah, so you started into a choke and then went into um, um, one hand on the throat, one hand on the back of the neck, and then using the first one to cover the head and then break the other arm away. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the concept was just basically taking an angle and moving to the outside. That was that was oh. essentially the concept from the whole kata. So you you have an option of using if the arms fairly high, depending on how you move, using two arms, using one. What weapon do you use depending on the distance you're creating? And then we just did drills on the bag. We tied a belt around the bag and did some stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like it. an absolute blast. It was. And you then, should have. We should have, yeah. Yeah. And um, finding, you know, if you've if you've gone to this angle and you've got both hands, you know, both hands are you doing the, the, the high hands followed by a kick, followed by a punch, that but if you've gone the other way, you can move straight to the four moves on and just step in and sight you know, a, a nice evil hook to the ribs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, it's oh, kind awesome. of like taking it and taking pieces out, dropping pieces in and, and just treating it as a very, very functional, very alive template. Yes, loose and open and just use it where it fits and, and where it doesn't. We we did a little bit something similar yesterday. Um, so yesterday was the 100 kata challenge and a few of us got together and did that. And so I decided how we would approach it for us is to do it because I think one of the hardest parts for me was just wrapping my head around keeping track of how many you'd done. (laughs) And so I just decided to do it in in sets of 10. And then in between the set of 10, everybody get a drink, we'd work some application and then we do another set of 10 so that every time you'd work a little application and then you'd go do the kata with that application in your mind. You'd rep it through 10 times. Then you'd get a drink, you run some more reps, and then the last the last couple sets was more freestyle working from clinching, gripping, and and just trying to apply any or all of it. Um, and then doing the kata, you know, ten more times until you hit a hundred. And that ended up being a lot of fun. Like so much fun that that I think I would love to do that again with or without uh karate day. You know, just go do it that way. Mm. Yeah, sounds fun. That does sound fun. Nice to do it as a big group like that. Yeah, it wasn't a big group for us. Uh, it, was, it hit at a weird time, so we had a bunch of people out of town, a bunch of people, you know, getting ready for Halloween or different stuff. So we had like four people, including me. But it was wonderful. It was absolutely a, a wonderful time. Mm. Uh, and you know, and it was kind of fun because we, 
you know, I had different people. I had a, one kid in there. He's like eight, eight and a half. He did. He had never done Nahachi. We did Nahachi show. And he had never done Nahachi. We had another kid who doesn't really know Nahachi, but he does it at the beginning of class because of the way that I run class. We had another person who knew Nahachi, but, and then, and then me. So um, a variety of different skill levels working through it too. And then I did it 50 times backwards. So that was fun because since I had people that didn't know it, I faced them so that I could mirror what they were doing and they could try to match what I was doing while I was facing them. Um, so the first 50, I did facing them and running the kata backwards so that they could do it forwards with me. Oh, and, see, now, I wasn't sure when you first mentioned doing kata backwards if you meant doing it that way or doing it like rewind. I've done both. But that's an interesting <laughs> thing to do. Um, yeah, no, to, yesterday was just to mirror it. Mirror image. Just as, a, as a, a teaching aid for the people who didn't, uh, that didn't know it as well. So they could they could just do, you know, as, as students often do, if you raise your right arm, they raise their left arm because they're because they're mirroring you. Mm -hmm. um, we trip. We typically don't do that. We just start early on going. If I if I raise what is, you know, raise the opposite, which is actually the same one. Um, but instead, yesterday, just to keep it easy, I just told them, I just mirror it. If I move to the left, you move to the left. If I move this arm, you move that arm. Um, and it worked really well. And and. Thanks to the symmetrical nature of Nahachi, it was not very difficult to do. Uh, it just it was really difficult to realize when you finished because you'd get done with the second half and you'd think you still had a half left to complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently that was the old way it was done, wasn't it? It was done the opposite way. Apparently, that's that's what I've yeah? read. It's always, it, oh, I think it, I've seen something like yeah, that. It used to start moving to the left and not the right. Don't know if that's true. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wish I could get the answers to some of these things. Like there's so many random questions. I'm like, why? Why mm. do we do that? Why does this why does this kind of have these moves twice back to back? Why is it the same movement twice and then but nothing else in the kata is done twice? Why mm. is this done twice? Um you know, we never know. We can just speculate, which I guess is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. See, I like what you said when you were talking about that as well, about how you did it free form at the end. Because that's another mm -hmm. thing I've been we've been trying to do more now is is I'm trying to get people to live drill everything. Yeah. Like pretty much, you know, straight away. Um because that's one thing I've taken from jujitsu is, is every every session is there's live rolling. You you've got to try and apply it. And it's something we yes. do nearly enough. No, and all the learning happens when you do that. So you're yeah, like, okay, 100%. I think I kind of know how to do this. And then you go roll and you try it, or somebody does it to you, and suddenly you're like, okay, I probably could have spent two hours with the instructor trying to tell me this. And instead I spent 30 seconds getting having someone put me into it and it unlocked everything I needed to know about it today. Mm -hmm. It's drastically different. Yeah, yeah. And karate needs more of that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it doesn't need to be, I think, as well, it doesn't need to be that just go and fight each other and what happens will happen. You can force situations. Mm. And just like, yeah. you, you know, situation rolling, you know, your your job is to pass guard. If you don't do it, you, you know, your job's to sweep or submit. You, know, you can do the same in karate. It doesn't need to be. Right. Do kind of restricted, restricted yeah. sparring. Yeah. Kind of thing. 
Yeah. The thing that I love about jujitsu rolling is that you can take the pressure off entirely. You can do it incredibly slow, incredibly light, and move like at a at a snail's pace, mm-hmm. and still tap somebody out. You know, there's there's no equivalent to that particular thing in in percussive sparring the way that we do it. You can't you can't take that off because there's you'll never get caught in one of those moments where you're like, oh, I'm unconscious now, you know, whereas you can be rolling and you don't even think somebody's moved and suddenly you're choking and you're like, I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I rack my brain going, how do we emulate? Because that's one of the best parts of rolling is that it doesn't matter. You can go hard or you can go light and you can do it. It doesn't change. I mean, it changes, but it doesn't change like that. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. Sparring, one of the, I, I actually really struggle with karate sparring because I came up in a very kind of more, I think everybody did with a more kind of competitive sparring focus. And we actually haven't been doing, we've been doing a lot of drilling and not nearly as much sparring because of the fact that if I'm honest, I'm afraid of how easy it will be for people to fall back into long range karate versus karate sparring where none of the things that we work on become used right as soon as and i watch people do it even when we're working grips or we're grip fighting stuff like that um some people will stay in it other people they'll break out and they'll try to go back to more of that competitive style sparring and i'm like well you just pulled away everything that that you're able to do you just you have effectively just reset everything Mm. um and i don't know i i've i've been trying to process and understand the best way to go around about that without um, just kind of getting back into that karate versus karate for one and I know I do it if you know if we were to spar right now I know I would kick for days like that's just I, I kick kick a lot kicking is not an incredibly realistic thing that gets done to you very much mm. But as soon as you start sparring, it's something that you deal with constantly is people kicking, sidekicks, roundhouse, all these different things. And meanwhile, the rest of the planet uses their legs for standing and they don't like to fall down. So kicking is not a thing that happens very often. Yeah. And so how much of our sparring is spent learning how to manage people's kicks and defending kicks and, and kicking range when every other situation you're going to find yourself in is probably not that one. Yeah, I don't know. Fair, a lot of the stuff thinking. we've been doing lately, because obviously Sue Sue's injured her knee. The sparring we've been doing is is mm. just hands. It's basically boxing. I say not boxing, but you know what I mean. Hands. Sure. Yeah. And it's hands. relatively static. Yeah, because Sue can't. I can't, I okay. can't twist. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't twist or. Yeah, and that would happen so fast too. Torsion on anything. Even yesterday, I tried to do something on a bag and found myself, you know, just really trying to drive my hip into something and go. Oh, nope. Not that, <laughs> you know, so even that of having to find ways to drive my hip into something without putting any pressure on a knee. So it's, it's been really good for my for my karate in some respects, because I've had to get, I've had to really focus on how can I do this without without stressing, without putting anything on my knees at all. Yeah, you know? that's a cool kind of restrictive, restrictive sparring. Especially yeah. when you just can't can't do it. 
I dislocated the shoulder and I just kind of stuffed it in my gi. It was a different day. I did not do that right after dislocating it. I took care of it. <laughs> but then while it was healing, I just stuffed it in my gi and tried to just figure out how to do everything with only one hand. And those are some of the best days. When Plus, they're really interesting because it's super challenging and it's it's <laughs> new. It's not something you do every day. And so it can be a lot of fun. You can kind of nerd out on the different things that you're going to do differently because you don't have that arm that day or that knee that day. Yeah. I think that's oh. cool. And it's amazing how it affects literally everything that you're doing. Every movement mm-hmm. that you make is then affected by this thing, isn't it? But of course, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's slightly more awkward because, you know, you had sort of six weeks away. So there's, there's, the, there's the thing of just getting used to it again, which is right. a, you know, kind of getting back into the swing of it, which is all a bit, much at first you know just hunting yeah. it all again but but yeah it is good to have that kind of restriction every now and then so that you have to use just your hands and concentrate on blocking your head or or something right yeah, yeah everything changes when you do it that way i think I think a, a modern curriculum is just going to have a, a large list of different types of restrictive methods that force you to develop specific principles separately in isolation and then bring them back together. And I think that's that's the way it should be for karate. It's such a broad system that you, you need that, I think. That's another thing I've been kind of leaning towards is, like you said, sometimes if you say spa, people will naturally go to what they are good at. Mm-hmm. So naturally go, if, if someone's a good kicker, they'll go to kicking range. Right. Um, which is there's nothing wrong with i've kind of started more recently just to go well there's room for all of it you know there's room to to learn that competitive style and you know you can just add it to your game like you said in in your jiu-jitsu videos developing your game if that's part of your game game. then that's great but yeah that restrict you i think you need the restrictive stuff just to force people to develop those other skills because it is very easy to lean in like you said to that competitive long-range style of sparring right even because even if you're good at it or if you're not good at it just because you don't because the other guy might be good at it so you would just want to stay out of that range just mm. so that you're not getting kicked all the time yeah uh, and yeah that's that's interesting the my my instructor was telling me about his instructor and now i realize that he did it to me too uh, but his instructor would never let him do anything he was good at. So if he was really good at, you know, a sidekick, then he's like, cool, you don't get to do that anymore. When you spar, no sidekicks. It's the thing you're good at. So stop doing it. Do something mm-hmm. else. And he did a lot of that. And I realize now that there's there's times I used to throw roundhouse kicks all the time. I was I got very good at throwing the roundhouse kick. And I remember that we were talking about him, his instructor doing that. And it reminded me that he did that to me. He said, okay, quit throwing roundhouse kicks. You you throw them all the time. Stop it. Do something else. And it forced me to change. Now I don't throw them nearly as much as I used to, (laughs) you know, still can, but, but it forced me to develop a bunch of other ways of dealing with stuff. Uh, It's kind of an interesting deal. Mm -hmm. But the problem with problem with the competition thing, right. Is the, and not competition itself, but the idea of competitive sparring is that is what we'll do. We're not going to challenge ourselves. If given the option, we'll want to win, not get better. 
you two are yeah. going to spar. You're not going to go into it going, okay, I'm going to go see if I can get better at this today. You're going to go, I want, I need to win. This guy's pretty good. I need to go, I need to go win. Uh, and I like that jujitsu has a, has a way of taking that away. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you've, you've, you can have all the things that you can do, but you've, there's, because of the way that it works, you have a, a lot more freedom to chase the things that you're not good at yet and see if you can become better. Yeah. And I think we need we need to steal that mentality and spend more time setting the ego aside and go, I might lose this match, but I'm going to try to get better at something today. That's, that's exactly. Every time I roll, I never go in with the intention of, oh, I'm going to tap this person out because I'm not good mm-hmm. enough to do it to most of the people I'm rolling with yet. So I... I literally go in and go right. If I can pass some, if I can pass this person's guard in these five minutes, that's a win for me. I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? Right. If I can, if I can sweep from bottom in this five minutes, then I'll take that. That's I'm, I'll be pleased with that. Yeah, you, what, you've defined your win. Yeah, because if you yeah. go in saying, "Oh, I'm going to do, I want to do this, 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 and this," and you don't do it, you come out and you go, "Well, that was I was rubbish at that." Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've, uh, you know, and and a couple of people have said, no, 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 it's not like that. But it is like that. If I was going to spar against almost anyone for a long time, I was going to lose in inverted commas without doubt because everyone was so much better. But, you know, if I can sneak one through and and actually land a solid shot, that's a success that you'll take. But you just try and amplify. If you can then. Yeah, you just go, cool. Can I get two of them? Can, can I get two? Can I actually, can I block something? Can I actually manage to land a kick? Could I block a kick? Every single time you can do that against somebody who is definitely, you know, more experienced or better, faster than you is a win. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that progression, that's something that's coming up in tomorrow's video is the idea of that progression and the fact that, so jujitsu starts with survival, like, like Greg was just saying, okay, I can't, I can't tap a bunch of the guys that I'm rolling with. So the first thing you really do is you just try to not be tapped. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily win. You just try really hard to not be tapped yourself until until you progress into okay. Now I'm I'm starting to be able to tap some people and they they tap me until later. Okay, now I'm now I'm starting to tap everybody. Uh, you know, there's that progression from the bottom, and I really like the idea of embracing the failure of starting from the bottom and having that be 100% natural. Everybody goes through it, but not just a thing where it's just said, well, everybody goes through that. We all went through that. Everybody says that. It doesn't make it feel any better in the time, you know, but when it's actually your mission, hey, we're running a three-minute round. See if you can last three minutes. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. You know, and you kind of build up, uh, build up where you're going. And I like that mentality. Mm. I loved in your last jiu-jitsu video, one of the things that really stuck with me, and I said this to Sue yesterday, was the, the pyramid analogy. Mm. And I was like, that's genius. I was like, I love that. Because that, it's so true. Karate is an upside down pyramid. You start with like yeah. a tiny little bit and then you just add more and more and more. And how much of it do you really need how much can you call on whereas jiu-jitsu you start with a load of stuff and you just slowly start to chip away until you get your game you're right right and especially for karate especially for the don grades 
um, holy crap! I mean, that's all. That's for a lot of for a lot of schools. That's all done. Grades are after showdown. It's just well, can you stack on this many more katas and this many? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ken's gone. Okay, it's not me then. I thought no. I'd have been lost. Okay. Oh no, Ken. Ken, can you hear us? Okay, I'm gonna quickly text him. Give him. Oh, he's back. Hello. Oh, Ken, you're here. Brilliant. Am I back? You're okay. back. You're here. Interesting. You never left, so I appreciate you sticking it through with me. <laughs> That's okay. Did you hear us talking about you? Did you hear what we said? I could, Sorry yeah. about that. Sorry. Oh, no. I did. I heard oh, every no. single thing. <laughs> you was you you stopped up. You froze at the point when you were saying about downgrades adding more kata, if that helps. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they're just adding kata, adding techniques, you know, it's OK. You hit Shodan. You have a lot of work to do to get Shodan. And then after that, it's just, OK, you need to know a few more kata. You need to know some application from that kata. You need to be able to do this. You need to be able to do that. And it just like multiplies out. And it seems very non-focused. 100%. It's just, well, we don't we don't know what to do with you. So have more. And if you can have more, then you must be pretty good. Mm. And that seems so wasteful of development. So I can see why a lot of people, you know, I used to think that people quit at Black Belt because they made it their goal. That was the whole thing. If you make it your goal, you'll quit. And I, and I believe there's truth to that. If you make it your goal and you get yeah. that goal, it's easier to just walk away from it. But I think a lot of people quit, too, because they feel like, well, uh, just more is not a challenge. It's not interesting. It's not satisfying. It's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll go try something else where I'm a beginner at and I can recapture that feeling of being new and not having and having to start over. Mm-hmm. And I think we lose a lot of people because of that, because mm-hmm. curriculums aren't built that way. So how do you how do you um, change it? Because, you know, if 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 achieving black belt is the goal that it seems to be for so many people, how do you make that achievement something that still feels really interesting and and full of progression and like it is when you start something? It's like, I'm learning so much. So how do you make the beginning of your I've certainly got ideas for that. And as I'm working on um, redoing my curriculum, that's something that I've thought about a lot is because that's, that's something that I don't want is for the Dan grades to be a whole um, and I think for me, the thing that I want to be able to accomplish is individuality, being able to really focus. So from white to black is developing a general skill set and you should have some individuality by the time you hit black belt. But then I think after black belt, the, the focus should be how do you make you more you? Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the jiu-jitsu thing, how do you define your game? And I wonder if I can find any of the notes that I had. I had some some kind of directions that I wanted to see um, people go as I as I was working with that. And if I if I find it, I'll mention it. But basically, those those ideas of the individual and taking that person. So I already have built the idea that an individual is going to have their own kata that they're gonna that they're gonna spend all their time on and. As long as I have different ones and and all of that, I've got time to to kind of spread that out. So people are working on different things so they can enjoy the time as they get people near them who are really digging deep into their own stuff. 
you know, like right now I have a student learning uh, Kankudai is, is his given kata. And I've got another student with Unsu as her given kata. And so for them, the, the, you know, when they're looking at the art now, it's it's through a filter of their own kata. Mm. We're, we're working jujitsu and he's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is that particular move in, in Kankudai. Because for him, that's the filter that he's looking everything at. So it just continues to expand and become more for him specifically, more than it ever will be for me. Yeah. And then later having that come back into to where they can be excited to share that with each other and and grow beyond that, I think is a big part of it. But I don't know. I think there's a lot more to it than that. Especially, especially because there's what? more than just three ranks, right? You don't just have like first, second, third. You, I mean, if you're going to do it for a long time, I mean, to get to eights and stuff like that, that's a lot. So coming up with, with something unique and engaging for eight, nine ranks um, is a lot. I'm far from, from needing to, to mess with that myself. But, um, yeah. you know, when you think from the scope of an entire curriculum – that kind of adds up that's right but it makes me laugh when did you see the thing with a shirt shirt camera on about adding an 11th dan and i'm like why <laughs> is there not enough why do we They've, need an 11th dan so is it does i did not see that so is it just uh we've produced enough 10th dan's now we need we need uh, no uh idea. we need to it's shift just, up I, I was just like what why 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 what, what, what? I, I won't lie. There's there's a style. I'm not I'm not going to mention it, but the, one of the styles that I've done, the the founder at one point was awarded twelfth done, oh, and wow. I didn't process that. And I was like, I don't really understand why that's a thing and why we're doing that. Um, I still really don't. I still really don't understand why that became a thing and why that was the direction that happened. But that was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I. Don't know why we and it actually went from tenth to twelfth, so that was a weird thing too. Is it jumped one? Mm. I was like, well, something seems weird about this. Maybe that's what happens when you get to tenth down; it goes up in twos. It goes up in twos. Maybe yeah. it does. Uh, I so can't wait till like sixteenth down. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes, it's uh. a strange one. Let's talk about rank. Okay, let's talk about rank and, and belt progression because that's another thing from jujitsu I love. Yes, it's, I do it's, too. In fact, that's in tomorrow's video. Is that's specifically one of the things is the belts and the fact for me that there are less of them, and they're a hell of a lot harder to get. Yeah, like you really have to spend time in jujitsu, developing as an individual, and and becoming skillful before you ever get your first colored rank. You know, I mean, technically there's stripes, but like to get to blue belt, which is the first one. You that I mean, when was the last time that you saw somebody in karate train for a year or more without ever getting promoted to their next rank? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it happens all the time in jujitsu, you know. And then it's also different. Some people might take three years to get from blue to purple instead mm -hmm. of somebody else might have taken a year. And you know, that's not the way karate has worked. It's very different. And I think I think jujitsu's got it figured out. Uh, it, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling awfully biased, and I kind of don't know how I feel about like I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm on like this weird jujitsu soapbox. But um, there's a lot of things I admire about the way that the art is approached. I admire it from from an approach level, not 
in fact, most of the things that I'm talking about aren't even about the art itself. It's just about how the art approaches doing the art. Yeah. Yeah. I, so what do you think, Greg? What do you think on, on the way belts work in jiu-jitsu? What are your thoughts on that? I just love that it's all skill-based. It's, it's, it's not that there's no formal grading. So there's no kind of like that. No one's there going, oh, I need to learn this to get my blue belt or purple belt. It's not ticking boxes, ticking boxes like karate is. It's like you said, you just spend time with it and eventually you'll get recognized enough to progress. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. No one is bothered by it. No one's bothered. Yeah. By and instead, everybody's pumped. Like when it happens, everybody's excited. And like super, the other thing I see happening a lot in karate is people that are jealous or envious of other people getting their rank. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of and yeah, if you've ever watched a jujitsu belt promotion, like everybody is legitimately pumped, super like they are yeah. on fire for that person. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's a little bit of jealousy if you've been working hard, you know. You but it but it's but all of that's set aside for them to just be excited to to appreciate what somebody has done, and I think that's really really cool. And also because everyone's played a part in it. You roll with everyone. You know, you change partners, you yeah. roll, you go, oh, I, we, I've helped them out a little bit, even though they may be, I may be a white belt, they may be a brown belt. But if we've rolled a few times, you know, there's there's parts of it, I'm sure, that you've helped towards their development. So everyone's yeah. pleased for everyone, you know? Yeah, you're watching them roll and you're like, I remember when you weren't very good at that. Yeah. And now you're like, <laughs> you can't miss it, you know? Yeah, you're right. Everybody's a part of the whole thing all the time. And one of the things, so... Um, the person that I've sought out who's who's close to me to train with is Rick Ellis. And I really like the way they, uh, him and his instructor, Roy Dean, handle, and I don't know how they all do it. Again, back to that curiosity of how different people do different things. But the way that they approach their, their belt ranking is one of the things is the student is given the task of building a demonstration of their skill set, mm. right? Now, there's no there's there's some rules about yeah you're gonna need to show some guard passes you're gonna need to show you know some categorical ideas of what needs to be done but then you build your own demonstration that you get up and show doing things your way with your chosen techniques the things that you like and and you go through a demonstration working through all of this stuff and then and then after that you roll and of course show that you have have skill um, but I really love that idea of building a demonstration of building how do i highlight my talents my individual uniqueness out of out of the scope of it how do i highlight that and put that together and it forces you to be introspective mm. and really think about how you want to go my journey through karate has very much gone the opposite way i'm going to demonstrate what i have been asked to demonstrate you need to show me this you'll demonstrate that what does this you know, show me this move from this kata. This, it's very much. I need to provide what you've asked for. Uh, in where's very outside, right? Versus this idea of preparing a demonstration where you spend a few months or a few weeks or whatever it is to put together an idea of how to demonstrate what means something to you mm. for everyone. And I really, really like that. Yeah, I love Rick. Rick's channel is brilliant. I oh. I saw his yeah. uh, video on on jujitsu belts. That was the first video of his, or one of the, his first videos I think I saw, and I really liked that. 
and then randomly I was scrolling through and saw your face on there <laughs> once, and I was like, "That's Ken. What's he doing there?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I went and found him. I was like, wait, you're not you're only a couple hours from me? Gotta go. Yeah, you're and that was eye opening. I watched the video, I can't remember if it was on your channel or his channel about guard passing. That, that was the one he did. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Really good. Yeah, that was that was an eye opener though. Every every way that I had passed guard up to that day had uh uh yeah. Nope, it was so different working with. Of course, my my perspective of jujitsu. I mean, it's no secret. You go watch a video of me doing jujitsu. I wear a white belt. I don't have rank in jujitsu. Um, I I teach it not because I'm skillful and I'm somebody that you should come find, but because I have what I have, and it's more than the people around me have. And I feel it's a shame to not share that. And that's how it started. It started as a supplement to what we did as karateka. It was let's add groundwork to yep. what we're doing. Let's expand that. And then it became later. It's like, we really need to devote time specifically to this. You can't just kind of toss this in here and there. We really need to actually spend time with it. And, you know, so most of the time, my training is with, with people who, I mean, it's challenging, but I've probably taught them most of what they know how to do. Um, and they, the, the people that wrote, they've gotten really good, you know, but they're, they're, effectively students of mine. So to go somewhere else and to train with, with people of significant different skill level, just, yeah, it, in a moment shows you the scope of everything. You know, I really liked Mark Makita. He's a colleague guy. Um, he, he has this quote and I just love it. He said, touch hands with me and you'll know who I am. Mm. And his, his idea was that, you know, it's like we can, we can say anything we want to say, but if we if we work if we work together if we if we spar then you'll know who I am you'll know everything you need to know about me and that's and that's what it was like going to roll with with Rick and with Devin and stuff like that was it's like we slept bumped and got started and I knew everything about them in in a second I was like the 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 depth of space between where I am and where they are was immediately present mm -hmm. they didn't have to say anything you could feel it. And it, and they weren't being um, egotistical about it. They weren't trying to show it. They just were moving, and you could just feel that what you're doing is so far different than what than what I'm doing. And it was exciting. Like it was. I mean, I came away from that. You know, I know some people could be like demoralized by that. I was pumped. Like I was oh, like, I love it. there is so much left to do mm -hmm. here. Uh, yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Every time I, I get to roll with the teacher, I'm just. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's like it must be like he's just playing with a, a child because you just you learn I think you learn more from that than oh 100% it's, it's great yeah it, well it's so honest mm. like it's not it's not tricks I mean there are ways to, to do tricks in anything you know but it doesn't come across like tricks it's just people doing what they do and it, and what you're doing either works or it doesn't work. There's there's no room to be like, well, yeah, but I could have. And you're like, no, because you would have. Mm. Like, yes, the rolling just works in a way that that all of that BS is just stripped away, mm. and it's just honest. Mm. Which karate does not have. Does not no, have. No, no it doesn't. It doesn't. But it it 
depending on how you're being taught, you can still feel that that sense of excitement when you get to change partners and be with different people and grapple and spar, play spar, not terrifying spar, but play spar and grapple and work with somebody who is light years better than you are, which I've had the privilege of doing that, you know, quite a few times. And you still mm-hmm. get that feeling of, God, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to do that. I want to be, be able to do, do that. that. And it's kind of really pisses me off but also gets really excited that I could and every time you feel the gap shortened just a smudge you're like yes you're like I got but this I got this yeah it's coming it's coming it's coming and um but that I get the, the, the you can get that feeling if your karate club will allow you to train in that way to do that way. All that's the why I get so mad against all the levels yeah that's why I get so mad when I see students that are that when they're sparring, that they lower their level to the person they're working with. Um, now, that doesn't mean you should just destroy anybody you're working with. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, when you get somebody who is um, who is talented, you know, you get somebody who's brown belt, black belt, something like that. Um, you can tell when they're not engaged and they're, and they're doing it because the person, maybe they're working with the yellow belt. I mean, we'll just use random colors. We only have white and black. So, I mean, it gets kind of weird if I just say I that. But, yeah, <laughs> carry on. <then. laughs> but, you know, you get where they, where they almost disengage and they're not training anymore. You know what I'm like? There's no reason why when it's your turn that you shouldn't move as fast as you can move, as crisp and as, as sharply as you can move. Just yeah. don't blow a hole through their chest, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And but meanwhile, like and you should be you should be doing that so that you're actually training. You're not just just pantomiming the motion that they're working hard on and so that you're setting a really damn good example of what they could do if they try hard, you know, that they can because I believe so much in stealing technique and you steal technique when you work with somebody who can do something you can't do. You feel it and then you try to replicate it and then you feel them do it again and then you try to replicate it again. And that's that's the best way to become become good at something especially it's the way that you can become good at things that your teacher didn't give you you're working with different people on the mat other students who have different skill sets different abilities and you know my my instructor had um about halfway through our training had both of his hips replaced you know so prior to that i never got to see what his kicks were like when his hips were healthy uh you know so there were different people who could kick tremendously better than him because they didn't have that holding them back. Yeah. If I had only ever learned from him, then there would have been a difference in in that, you know. So you learn from different different people. Uh, and then he got his and then he got his his hips replaced, and now he kicks like a monster, and it's terrifying. But <laughs> but I think you've got to have people have to do their best when they train and i hate when people ratchet down more than they should there was i think there was a scene in ip man that was like that and i think maybe it man 2 or something like that where these the guys like getting mad at him because and i forget the words of how he said it but it was that same basic idea is like you can take away this part of it but never take away this part of it and the words make that make way more sense but effectively have all of your skill take the strength out of it or or whatever but never take the skill out of what you're doing yeah. to appease somebody you don't think is as good as you yeah and but you need more skill you need more i skill. think so you know if you're yeah. much bigger stronger faster or dangerous than the person that you're working with you need to employ more of your skill to control yourself right 
which arguably is something that we want, right? You know, I tell people yeah. all the time, especially new people that are afraid of some of the stuff. They're like, well, you're going to learn this thing. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Because it's way scarier people who don't know how that works. It's way easier to accidentally hurt someone mm. than it is if you actually know how it works, then you can actually know what things need to not happen in order for it to, to not be a problem. Uh, and an ignorant person can hurt someone profoundly and that skill of knowing how to do it, you know, why do we learn all this violent things if we don't aren't going to go be violent to people? Because it gives you the ability to have immense amounts of control over situations because you know exactly what what switches would make this happen or not happen, and you know when to flip or not flip them. Somebody who doesn't know the switches exist don't even know they don't have a way to do it. You know, you accidentally break someone's neck, you accidentally break someone's knee, you accidentally do all these things. That control is huge. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah, and you you do get that a lot in jujitsu as well. You get the, like you said, the the light rolling, but you you can feel it. You can feel, you can feel they, it. They know every button to press to make you shut down. They're not going I, easy. They're just going lighter. Lighter. Yeah. They're still I, I rolled... they would normally do. When I was rolling with Rick, he was assessing my game. So, you know, he, he was letting me have a lot of stuff so he could process what I what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, things like that. Um, when I rolled with Devin, he was playing more of his own game. And, oh, man, I remember standing there. I'm like, okay, I have both feet on the ground. I'm standing up. He's on his back, and I can't move. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But he's, you know, I mean, it was it was incredible to me. I'm like, okay. If by all rights, I should be able to do something, but I literally feel like I can't do anything at all. I literally can't move, and I'm not even on my back or on the ground or anything. I'm I'm the one standing up, and I can't do anything. And that was incredible. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, I, it's intimidating. It's a, it's a good kind of intimidation. It is, especially when they're playful of laughing and, yeah. and joking around with you while it happens. It, I mean, it's also a different atmosphere from a social construct as well. Like yeah. jujitsu um, and a scream is this way too. I mean, it's more laid back, more fun. You're having karate, especially Japanese karate, has a very rigid, strict, uh, you better not be smiling, laughing, doing any of this stuff. We're doing a serious thing. We better get after it. Uh, you know, and it's like jujitsu, people are are giving each other crap they're joking around you know and it's just a totally different environment it's super super fulfilling from a from a social and mental health side way too 100 percent. so if you were going to start again teaching karate like from scratch mm -hmm. in a funny sort of way because we were talk we were going to ask you as well about your starting over thing but that oh, just sure. completely reinforms how you would conduct anyone listening saying, I really like the idea of that. You know, I want to be part of either teaching a club like that or being in it. It would be completely re-change. Re I can't speak. It would completely change yeah. how you structured every single class and delivered everything. Yeah, it would. It would. I think it'd be worth it, though. Um, mm. And I think I'm actively working towards it. I want it. And I can't just flip a switch, right? That's too jarring for everybody in the room. Um, but I if see no could, reason though, why we can't do it. If you could flip a switch, okay. though, if you could say, right, as of tomorrow, I'm going to teach karate like this. I want all the kids to come in and do 
would you do? How would you, if you could make it anything you wanted right now? Mm. You know, I think I would structure a lot more play into everything. Mm. It would be, I'd probably, I'd probably get rid of the lineup. I'd probably, I do like the gi. I, I, I know people train in t-shirts, stuff like that. I like having something I can grab onto. Um, so I do like the gi, which means I do like having a belt. I, I wouldn't care what color the belt was, you know, but I'd get rid of the lines where everybody's got to figure out who they're supposed to stand next to and all of this oh. stuff. And, um, you know, I don't hate titles. I've heard a number of different people, even like on your podcast and stuff, talk about the idea of sensei. Um, I don't hate that. I have a very different, I have a very different feeling about that, but I have a very personal feeling about that. And I don't, but otherwise it's like, I don't think that it's necessary. You know, to me, the idea, I'll just explain myself a little bit. To me, the idea, the reason why I don't mind sensei is because sensei itself, right? It's someone who's born before or has gone before. Somebody you have chosen to follow because they have something that you want. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, when I call my instructor sensei, it's not because he told me to. It's not because somebody else told me to. It's because I've chosen for him to be that person for me. That person who I want to get where they've gone to. I want to to go through that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like where they're coming from. And so if somebody, and you can tell. You can tell when somebody says it because they have to or says it because they mean it. If somebody trains with you and they call you sensei, and they mean it from that place, that they have chosen to trust you, that they have chosen that, that you're the person that they would like to get something from, then then I have zero issue with that term. And and I would not get rid of it because I think that it, it means a lot. It, it carries a lot between that relationship there. I mean, I have other titles besides sensei, I've trained long enough to have different titles or whatever. I don't care about those. Most people don't even know I have them because I've never said anything. And my instructor is the kind that doesn't say anything either. So it's like, they're there. We don't have them. And I don't, I don't care about all that because that that doesn't have that feeling. That doesn't have that component. That's that's arbitrary bureaucracy inside of everything. And I, I have no room for that. So I think when it comes to yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of the things that make people feel unequal mm-hmm. and find ways to incorporate ways for people to shine at what they shine at and and to fill so that every person is a piece of a whole, that the, that the dojo is made up of, of people who make it. And I think the back to the pyramid, you know, you've got that person at the top and then the couple people who've trained with them the longest and the couple people below that that have trained with them and it kind of kind – of, filters on down um i don't i don't want a class structure designed like a pyramid either you know i want people to feel like they have a voice in the class i want people to feel like like they're a part of a thing and that and that everybody is that thing uh how does ian say it where he's like he's the um chief among equals or something like that Mm. Uh, i forget the exact thing but that idea of there's no reason why we can't all all be in this together from from day one yeah, I think that's yeah, the thing I'd want to see the most. I think it's the structure and the design of it, especially, especially for us nerds, is is part of the romance of it. It's the thing that we want. You know, we see the the classes and the uniform and the structure and the all the stuff, and it's the hardest part to give up because of the fact that 
you know, watching that in movies and stuff is part of what made me want to do it. It's just not a thing I care about anymore. No. Yeah. But, I, I, but then I struggle going, do I want to take that away from somebody? Yeah. I mean, again, but if, if someone's coming in at that point, they're not going to know any different. Unless they watch the same movies I did. Unless they watch the same movies you did. <laughs> There's, um, there's, you, you were on about belts, and I noticed in your videos now that everyone seems to be a white belt. Mm-hmm. And when That's we spoke true. last time, I think you were in the process of doing that. Yeah, so well, so that, that transition happened a few years ago, actually. Oh, okay. uh, and so, yeah, so everybody since, effectively since I took over the school. So when, when my instructor was was handing the school over to me, that was one of the first, we had a discussion about it and he's like, he's like, I have no problem with that. And that was one of the first changes I made. I sat down with everybody, I explained why, I explained what, how I felt about it and what was important to me about it. I went and ordered uh, really high quality uh, white belts because I was like, you're going to be wearing these belts for a long time. So they can't be a cheap $2 belt because it needs to kind of hold up to some training. And, and we switched and surprisingly there was, there was no, no fuss about it. Nobody was upset about it. I was expecting some of that. I did offer uh, for people who had trained for a while who did have colored rank. I said, you won't wear it, but if you want to kind of complete that set, because sometimes having that is nice, um, you know, I don't mind ordering you an additional belt to finish out the old colors because you started in that system, uh, but we'll wear white belts and we'll do that. And honestly, everybody really, really liked that. And yeah, if you watch the videos, everybody's wearing white belt. And and that's, you know, I've had times where people are like, oh, it's really cool that he's work, doing working with a white belt. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cooler if that white belt wasn't what you would call a brown belt, you know, but because um, they don't know. They don't know any difference that, you know, I've had people, you know, they go, I have had some people go into tournaments and stuff. They're like, so, so they're not a white belt. <laughs> I know. But that's, I actually like that. Like you can, you can tell someone's skill on the mat. Right. You see somebody move, you see somebody yep. train, you feel it. It doesn't matter what color belt they're wearing. It doesn't matter at all. You know, you'll know that they've got something um, and you'll know how much of it pretty easily. So, Yeah, I'd be interested to see if we introduce that, how people would react. In theory, there should be no difference because we haven't been training in geese pretty much through COVID times. Mm. Um. I don't know why we haven't. There must be some reason. We we are going back to Keys at some point. I think um, I think there's been a couple of reasons. One is that we were outside so much. We were and outside. Yeah, we people, were. Yeah. You know, it was, we were on grass. It was just impractical to be in white outside if people fell over on the grass. And I think also yeah. we had some new students come, and we've had a lot of supply chain issues oh, in this right. country. Yeah. And really... so Joe oh, yeah, and we all thing. kind of. Yeah, and we were all fairly relaxed about staying in tracksuits. So I think Joe said, no pressure on the new new people to buy a gi with supply chain issues. Let it all go. Anyone can wear anything. Next year, we'll come back to gis and hopefully everyone will be able to get one by then. That's, but what I'd like to be sure is there's been no talk of rank, has there, Sue, really? No, I don't think. Um, I've, I mean, I'm I'm not one of the teachers, so I don't know if people are asking to grade or what have you, or There's how people couple. are feeling. 
there's been a couple which I've made my feelings very known about. But See, yeah. in a way, you've you've seen probably the same thing uh, that I saw, which is that people just kind of focus on training and like it was a weird like like that was one of those switch moments like somebody flipped a switch and nobody cared anymore uh everybody just wanted to train and get better and work together and all the all the crap and drama that goes with with people of different ranks standing next to other people of different rank all that stuff disappeared overnight uh and it just became how do we train together and work hard and i saw people working harder um having more fun i saw people connecting with people in a way that they hadn't before um, and you're probably seeing a lot of that by getting rid of geese you um, it sounds like you've already kind of seen some of that yeah that's what i mean i wonder if we said we're gonna wear geese again now but everyone needs to wear a white belt i don't know how how, how do you think people will react to that sue i don't think most people would mind because um, I think some of our new students aren't necessarily aware of what rank other people are. Exactly. You know, there's um, been a new lady start training with us. And although I was only with her for a couple of weeks before I got injured and had to go away. Um, sorry if you're listening to this. I hope she doesn't mind. But I don't know if she knows what rank I am. You know, I was just part. I, I partnered with her because, you know, it was it was great to, to, to train with her. But, you know, the the. I don't know. I don't think anyone would mind. Everything got changed in mm. COVID because we were outside. Some people were training in their family groups because that was the safe thing oh, for sure. them to do. So, and they were all different ranks. So the people you'd normally partner with for size or rank or what have you all got changed. Mm. So if you were going to change it, I would do it because <laughs> now, now would be the time. Now it would like. be the time. Not, not go back to how it was and then change it yeah yeah i would just let it go and say do you know what for the next year at least we're not going to bother we'll do gradings but we're not going to wear belts because it's become irrelevant for the time being yeah we've yeah. all got to we kind did, of work our way back we did a nofurakake is what we ended up doing so we did a nameplate board so that the ranks effectively we put it on the wall rather than on your waist Oh, nice. So when we promoted somebody, uh, we used the old style. You see them in all the all the yeah. dojos, you know, you go, look, it's just the rank. And then the person's name is next to that rank. And then they their nameplate moves over next to the other rank when that happens. Um, it's even better in the current dojo, though I'm in the process of finishing building that thing. But it's even in a different room. So you literally leave it out. You leave your rank in the other room when you go to train. I like that. And I like that even more. So when I take out that wall and I finish making it into one giant space, I've got to figure out how I want that to work because I really liked the idea that, yep, your rank's right there. Now leave it out here and let's go train. Mm. Uh, if I you're like, really brutal, it. it could be like Squid Game and then, well, you know, when someone gets wiped out, they just blink out and disappear off the board. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gone forever. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I, in some ways I think it makes people work harder too, because you know now it's like well, I can't just rely on the color of my belt to tell you that I'm better than you. I have to actually show you that I'm better than you. I gotta be yes. better. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think there's a whole lot of good to it. If I'm honest, I think you know we'll we'll shake up the karate world and just say, well, colored belts don't matter. I I'd love it. I'd love it. Have you seen Jesse's? He he made a belt. Yeah, the pink belt, the cherry blossom belt. No, no, no. Well, he's done that, but he, he made it. His company, Station, released a belt called the Beginner's Mind Belt. 
Oh yeah, actually, um, I have one of those. Yeah, and I think like, that's I wanted cool. to see what it was all about, and I've never owned a silk belt before, and I, if I'm honest, I don't like it, <laughs> and okay. so I never wear it. But, um, but I think that's cool for, for students that concept of a white belt that naturally yeah, that be ages becomes black becomes black as you progress the more you train in it the more you wear it the more it yeah. transitions to a, to a black color i really like that i thought that was really cool i like that a lot too the company that we get our belts from does what they call transition belts where you can get an inner liner of the the next color so if you have different colors you could have it what company is that? um that's transition really cool. uh kataro oh that's where i got my belt from through? Black, okay. Yeah. Do they do yeah. that? Do they? I didn't know that. I'll have to. They do, and I think they have a black belt that has red underneath and stuff too. Oh, uh, wow. And but yeah, so they'll do those transition belts and stuff. That's who we switched to for our our white belts. And I was like, man, if I still did do color belts, I'd totally get these ones that change color as you train. That'd be cool. Just you know, they're just neat. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they are the best company I've dealt with in terms of like the belts I've ever had. They were really oh, one hundred percent. We had such a hard time. We were with Sharedo before, and being in the U.S. and trying to order from Sharedo is just miserable, mm. and you never get it. And so we switched to Kataro, and it's been excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, and then it turned out that they that their company is literally across the street from my instructor's like old high school or something like that. He grew up right oh, wow. right where their their spot is. He's like, oh yeah, they're right there. And I was like, I had no idea. But, yeah, they're they're brilliant to deal with, and the quality of at least the belt I got from them is 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 really really good. Very good, and they're so the, that's where we got our white belts from, and their white belts are are easily the quality of the black belts that I've gotten through there, uh, which is awesome. You know, if you're gonna wear a white belt for all of your training, uh, those are gonna hold up. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm keen on the idea. I have been for a while. I'm I'm keen on it. It's not just down to me that I have to speak to Joe. If I have yeah, it sounds like you got a window, if uh, a yeah. window of opportunity, if you decide to do it. Yeah, I I really like the idea. Especially if people get you know if you say as long as it's a white belt, you can you can get yourself a cool belt with your name on it if you want. You can get an embroidered right. white belt. That might be appealing. Oh, no, you to could. You could. If you want to get a yeah. white belt that has your name in Japanese or something, that's fine. As long as it's white. Right. Yeah, mine does, just with Sharpie. Just as Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's a cool concept and I like it a lot. Yeah. And if you keep belts, so I really like the geese. We play a game called Belt Tag that I really like. That's uh, a lot of fun. Um, it forces you to grapple. Right, you gotta get, you gotta take the other person's belt off. Oh, that's cool. And and you can't, you're trying to keep your belt on while trying to get their belt off. So you have to grapple. And we introduced it with the idea of the, of the kihon waza, you know. So using geronuke, chuke, sotuke as ways to control their body and their limbs, and how to keep, how do I keep your hands off my belt? Um, super, super fun. Absolutely exhausting. And so I can't get rid of belts entirely because they would never survive. <laughs> that game wouldn't work. That's, that's a good drill. And t-shirts would not work either because you gotta when you're grabbing and stuff like that. Like there's I do I like a gi. It changes your mind too. When we were doing the whole COVID thing, um, we were training in shorts and leggings and whatever, you know. And it was easy and it was nice and it was easy to work. But I found that I never I had such a hard time getting my head fully back into it. 
until I decided, okay, we're going to go back to wearing geese. And that, that helped me get my head back into, okay, when I get here at the end of the day, I get off of work and I come over here, it stopped the perpetual clock. Mm. So for me, we'd get there and then I'd see stuff and I wouldn't, I would, there are changes that I wouldn't make. Like, ah, oh, I need to work with this person on that, you know, but we've got time. Like, well, when, when things pick back up, we'll, we'll kind of focus on that. And, but we were back, we were training. It was all in my head, you know, but I'd be like, well, but we're not training. We're just kind of, we're still in COVID time and it's still not training. And so I'd leave things for later. And I was like, why? There is no later. We're, we're back. We're running regular schedule. We're doing, we're just not wearing keys and we're just, you know, whatever. Um, and so for me, I needed it. I needed to go back to having the geese and starting class with the formal ceremony and stuff just to kind of make my head go, this is happening now. And it's not just a stopgap until we do something different. Mm. Uh, uh, so I yeah. have a hard time when I don't. I think I think the plan for us is post Christmas we will be straight back to geese. I think that's the plan. Mm. Um, just to kind of let the because a lot of people have either grown out of the kids have grown out of their geese and need new ones that they can't get hold of yet. So sure, give that a chance to kind of kick back in again. And then yeah, I've got two months to convince Joe to let us all wear white belts. I'll wear a white belt. I don't care. Yeah. I do sometimes. Um, like, and you know what? I've never, even on the days when I walk into the white belt, nobody has ever thought that I wasn't the instructor. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's not like it even says anything to the students. They know who you are. And even if they don't, I mean, I've had new people show up while I'm wearing a white belt and, and they've, they've immediately just understood that that's, that's who I am and what my role is because it's who I am on the mat, you know? And so I just don't think that the belt, I think the belt has become a thing. Its own thing spiraled out of what it was ever meant to be. And I don't really know that it has a value for that. Yeah. Just needs to hold your gi closed. I am a, you know, Which for an unpopular opinion, I, uh, I, uh, I don't like belts it. with t-shirts. I've just never been a fan. I'm like, you don't have anything to keep clothes, so you don't really need to wear a belt. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not wearing a gear, uh, why are you wearing a belt? Yeah, it drives me nuts. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, they're not very good at keeping gears closed, though. No, but they are good at choking people if you, uh, if you yeah. have them near you in yeah. your hand. <laughs> so if you're going to rip your belt off, you got to throw it far enough away that the other guy doesn't choke you with it later. <laughs> he'll choke you with your gi instead but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean geese do have that they do offer more more fun in terms of grappling and choking and stuff like that they do oh yeah but i would you know i, I i've got to say i prefer t-shirt and tracksuit i do i can say as a guy i feel more comfortable when when people are wearing wearing geese too I mean, obviously, if they're appropriately dressed underneath and stuff. But, uh, you know, if I got to work a grappling or a grip or something like that with a woman while I'm training, it's really uncomfortable to grab a fistful of shirt. And then mm -hmm. you, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen if that shirt tears or something like that. You know, so it, 
you kind of have to hold back because you're like, well, I don't want to make a, a really uncomfortable situation for anybody. So I'm going to go really light. I don't want to grab any, you know, with a gi, I don't have to think about that. I get a fistful of gi and let's Absolutely. go. That, I think I think that's the, the only thing. If you're actually going to really roll and really, really grab and drag somebody, it is, that's the only concern is that you will actually rip their clothes. Right. You know, and it, it not necessarily because it's a girl, but because it might be one of their really nice T-shirts and you don't ne- necessarily want to destroy something they like. Yeah, it can be expensive replacing T-shirts. and <laughs> Exactly. We're, um... but, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say you will like them for very different reasons. And for me, it's only a practical reason. I well, actually um... enjoy T-shirt and tracksuit more. Sure. We're looking to transition to kind of a a way of teaching a structured way of teaching where we kind of split the striking and grappling into different sessions so it could even be the striking sessions you don't need to wear a gi grappling sessions you need to wear a gi yeah maybe we kind of started doing that because of supply shortages we did that with our so our kids class is uh gi pants and a t-shirt and but we could not get gi pants to save our lives you know we had people signing up and we couldn't get them pants and and finally, we were able – there was stock on a whole uniform, a whole gi. And so I wrote a really uncomfortably big check to order as many as I possibly could order and have them on hand since we've been waiting for like months and months and months for all this stuff. And I was like, cool. Well, now they have jackets. So when we work grappling stuff, they can just throw their jacket on over their T-shirt. And, you know, and I think going forward, I'm just going to do that. Even though it's not part of the uniform, then they have it. And if we want to work something that uses it, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. We know where to come if we can't get any geese then. Can we? <laughs> we'll speak to can we emailing yes. you. If you need if you need some size zero, size double zero. <laughs> and, oh man. It was a mess. Like I felt bad. Everybody, like, hey, did you guys get pants yet? And it was like, no. I know you you've already been promoted twice and you still don't have your pants that you should have got when you signed up, but <laughs> not your fault it's, yeah it's not i was like we'll change colors like we we wear white pants it's like i'll switch to black if we can get them we can't get those either you know it's like, mm. i was ready to do anything i was like i just want to get a hold of some uniforms it's um, been challenging hasn't it challenging times for everyone for so mm-hmm. many different reasons yes right yeah, yeah. i Absolutely. feel like we kind of talked about this subject already sorry do you mind if i change the subject slightly go for it carry on yeah um we've already talked about what happens when but i know that one of the videos that you've done that greg was interested in and i was very interested in was your idea of starting over from where you are and i think oh, we've sure. really just been kind of covering that anyway um yeah but i you know because we're all starting over from literally where we are aren't we as as students um, I mean, obviously, I'm a student, so I feel like I'm constantly starting over from where I am, like trying to get rid of what happened a few weeks ago and just start again. But I don't know. Did you want to talk about starting over from where you are? Or did you want to ask something about it, Greg? Because while we're here. I mean, I think we've, we've covered a lot of it. I think, like you said, we're all. We're yeah, all it's come up quite a bit. Actually. It's the kind of it's the principle of it, isn't it? Mm. That's interesting. Rather than throwing everything out and starting again, it's yeah. I, like I think the, the idea biggest of... thing is is maybe realizing that we all already do it. Yeah. We're just not really aware of it. Yeah. You know, and I think most of it is we just need to 
create some awareness that that's a thing that we do. We never have the ability to not do it, really. Um, you know, I think of, you know, when you grow up with your parents and they say stuff and they, they just need you to listen to them, but they're like, just just trust me, you need to do it this way, or you need to do it that way or whatever. It's coming from a place where that knowledge is already there, right? And we always have these places where we, okay, now I got to figure this out, but then we go start figuring it out. And we're not figuring it out from nothing, we're figuring it out from something. Um, we're in the process at my work of hiring some people. And, and it's like a, an active conversation that I feel is important to have is the idea that you will never hire the you that you are now because the you that you are now is not the person that was hired when you got hired. Mm. So if I start over now and have to hire somebody for that position, we lost somebody and now we're replacing them. Hiring somebody who is that person is not a realistic goal because yeah. we didn't hire that person that left. We hired somebody very different and then put years into them becoming who they were. And so when we start over, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to look at it like, well, it should be no different, but it is different because that person, you know, when they go start their new thing, they're not starting the same way they started with us. They're starting with where they left off with mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And I think we do that. If you if you move and have to change schools, you know, start training in a different dojo, you don't go in with nothing. You don't just suddenly put on a white belt like you lose everything that you are. You start over with everything that you have mm. and you build build from there. Mm. And I think the biggest thing is just being okay with doing that and realizing that it's it is okay yeah. to start over. Like this, you know, Greg and Joe working on the curriculum and I'm doing the same thing. We've got to start over from where we are. We can't start over from nowhere. We're starting over from everything that we have and the things that we are actively gathering all the time. But it's still a starting over and it's still a process and there's yeah. still a lot. Um, I think I think what I find nice about that is that, you know, not necessarily in, in martial arts or karate, but you know, there, there can be that sense of I've got to start over because I keep getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of getting rid of that. I've failed. So I have yeah. to start again kind of feeling if I've got it wrong, then I've and I have to start over. Then clearly I've screwed up, which is something right. I beat myself over the head with all the time. So I really like the idea of, you know, this is just a different direction. Yeah, it doesn't have to be failure based and failure doesn't have to be bad. No, we we all feel that way, but it isn't. You know, I, I was laughing the other day. So um, I also was hiring someone to work at the dojo. And when we were in our our kind of onboarding discussion, um, she found it really amusing when I said it. But I said, I said, well, I'm never satisfied. And then she stopped and laughed at that. But but what I was trying to say was that I'm always looking for what's next. Just because I'm about to show you how to do this this way doesn't mean that if you have a different experience or you so, see something that I don't see, it doesn't mean that you need to keep doing it the way that I showed you to do it because why should we ever be satisfied with the way that we've always done things? I like doing things on repeat because I never do them the same way twice. You know, you always make a little adjustment to see well, did that work better or worse? And you know what? You go through a lot of failures finding out that, well, nope, that didn't quite work very good. But I did find that this one did work really well. And if we don't allow ourselves to 
not even accept failure, but induce failure in order to learn from it, then we're just limiting our potential. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to like we were saying before as well. You don't. Sorry, I just really enjoyed those moments when someone says something and everyone, there's absolute silence because everyone's going, huh, in their head. Like, <laughs> you know, you can literally hear everyone going, wow. <laughs> well, it was me talking. So I don't know if wow is the right word, but. <laughs> I was going to say that it, go, it goes back to kind of making that failure a big part of training and making mm -hmm. it a good thing um yeah because we, we don't we don't have it nearly enough like you said in karate because of the nature of the training i guess is that why we do the belts quite rapidly do you think then so that people get lots of um kind of a positive positive affirmation really quite rapidly as they I go think, through the belts quite quite quickly i think the, the the many belts came from money yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think that that certainly well, it if it was not meant to be that way, it certainly is that way now. If you if, and we've never my school when I was training in it and I've continued it now, we don't charge to test. Uh, there's no charge to do that, um, you know, but I know there's a lot of schools that do and doing a grading. You know, we just had our kids class just had like 42 kids um, do a grading together and if we had charged for that, then that, you know, obviously that could have been a, a pretty decent lucrative experience to to go and do that. And that if you do one of those and it makes you a lot of money, it could be really enticing to do a lot of things like that and continue to turn up more money. Um, I, Yeah, I don't know. I think and motivation, you know, keeping people motivated. But the problem that I that I see with a lot of motivation types, and the belt is definitely one of them, is it's 100% external. It is a thing that it has your your motivation and your inspiration came not from you at all. It came from a thing that you had to acquire somewhere else. And versus Sue talking about, well, if I can land that kick, then I won. That was my win for today because I wanted I was sparring and I just wanted to be able to land one kick. And well, now I can land two kicks and now I can block a few things and I can get some kicks in there. Uh, that's internal. That's you mm. seeing and recognizing your own skill. Well, guess what? You get out further into the world and, and it's not an external thing. You don't do a good job at work and then people come around and, and make a big deal out of it for you. <laughs> and you. You know, that's not how that goes. But. So I don't like the fact that it kind of perpetuates this idea that if I do this thing, I deserve something. Instead, I think it should be uh, this is happening because I've earned it. And truly, with a belt, the problem with a belt is you take it off. Do you stop being that? And I feel very strongly that you can never take away somebody's skill. You can take away their belt. You can take away their gi. You can take away all that stuff. But you can't take away who they are and what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. But you sure can reinforce the idea for somebody that by taking that away, you are doing that. Right? I mean, you go to any one of your students right now and you take their belt away, and I guarantee they will be crushed. You will have done nothing. You will have done literally nothing. They will still be just as good as they were. Uh, they will still have all of that, but they will be crushed. 
they will be demoralized they will feel all this stuff because because we've attached so much to this thing that and it's all on the outside we 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 lost sight of our own our own internal value we're just looking to seek for somebody to provide value for ourselves through something which is through the test or through through the belt um and i much prefer the idea of a a belt or a grading or promotion should be an acknowledgement of something that you already are yes it's it's not a thing it, and, and and it happens that way i i would be willing to say if i asked you greg i said you know when you test somebody do they become the rank that you just graded them to during that test no yeah it never is right yeah i mean you you, you tested them the, the moment you knew that they already were that thing and then you go test them and say let's put some pressure on and let's see how they do and let's i mean honestly it's a good training opportunity it's a good opportunity yeah. to see have i given you everything is there more for me to to get uh that i need to spend time with you on I obviously feel that you have this skill level, but now I can kind of test your knowledge level and see if I've left things out that I need to spend time with you on. And it's a very opposite process. The test is, in my opinion, more for the teacher than it ever is for the student. Because the student, by virtue of testing, has already made it. Mm. They've already done it. You already see that in them. And you become that. You become that thing long before you're tested for that thing. Yeah. It's one of the reasons, again, I don't, I, I, well, I go back and forth on formal gradings. I really do. What is that like for you? Going back to the idea of curiosities of how other people do that. I have heard people talk about gradings, and it's obviously sometimes even group events. I honestly have no idea what that's like. The, so grading for us has always been an individual affair. Maybe a couple instructors, and then that person that's testing, um, and maybe if you just so happen to have started at the same time, maybe there'll be one other person there with you. Uh, what is it? What are your gradings like? What is that like for you guys? It's normally well. It was before COVID was a was a whoever we feel is is ready to grade would come on a certain day. Normally it's Sunday. We do a course. We'd normally get a guest instructor in to do a course or teach a session beforehand, and then they would sit on the grading panel with Joe and I, and we kind of go through the the syllabus of what they need to do. Hmm. Um, but I, I go back and forth if we need that or not. Because it just seems, I don't know. I, I just don't know why I don't like it. But I, I, I don't, and I don't know why. I get I, it. I mean, it I, is, it's got this. Yeah, go ahead, Sue. No, no, go on. You Oh, no, I was just going to say, because it just has it. It feels if you already believe that about a person, it's really hard to feel like you need to go through a process. Exactly. To make it real. But here is a feeling that I do have. You know, I'm I'm obviously adverse to competition. I just it's not a thing that does anything for me. Um, well, you know what? Where is your failure? Where's your pressure mm. without those things? So the grading yeah. itself, it is pressure. You designed it to have more pressure. You got a guest instructor there. There's somebody there who you're going to have to perform for that you don't normally work with or be around. There's pressure. Mm. And so the grading creates an opportunity to work under pressure. But that said, 
I think there's other ways that you could generate pressure without it having to be a grading. I wonder if if those formal gradings come from the fact that karate doesn't or didn't have that pressure testing because it was all sure. individual based. It was all based on aesthetics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas so they need to test your spirit instead. Could you stand exactly, up and do it in front of yeah. people? Yeah. 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 Whereas obviously like we've said about jiu-jitsu is you kind of, you get promoted as and when. And that's what I really liked when we promoted Sue recently. It wasn't, you know, Sue, turn up on this day, you're going to be assessed and tested. We just, I mean, we beat you up for an hour, didn't we, Sue, to be fair? He, yeah. gave, he gave me a very hard lesson. You know, we every time gave, we just... normally all take our gloves off, you're like, no, not you, Sue, you stay there. Yeah, no, <laughs> we just, we just, you. But we just did a, did a, uh, it was a hard session and we, we did, Put you through we worked you hard and yeah, then at the end taught we just... me something you you taught me you know live in the thing uh, how to um avoid being picked up so yes. joe would come up behind me and and you know try to grab and lift and you sort of taught me then how to you know drop and grab so that you didn't you know so yeah it was hard there's lots of sparring you told me what to do it was good it was a really nice it was mm. Epically fun but, we, but we, we'd already known weeks before that that you were that grade I guess like you were saying Ken it wasn't like dependent on that day whether or not you were going to be awarded that grade because you already were that grade mm. yeah and yeah. as a student that's not a thing that clicks for you until much later if it does click for you because as far as you're concerned if you don't perform well then you will fail and you will not be promoted uh, whereas the instructors you're already sitting there going well you've been this you already are this, you know, yeah. it's a very different experience as an instructor versus a student. And then later as an instructor, as that, as that time goes on, that it's not like f failure to perform as well. Uh, you know, one of the things my instructor said is you'll always be disappointed when you test someone, you'll always be disappointed because you know, they're, they're capable of more. They just didn't sh couldn't show it that day. Somewhere along the way, they won't be able to show something you know that they're capable of. But because of the pressure, or because of the test, or because of the day, because of something, they won't hold up to not your standard but their own standard. It just it just won't happen. Yeah. And it's not a big deal, you know. But it but it can feel like one. Well, it does feel like it. I mean, you know, I've gone through all my gradings and I loathe every minute of it I you know not every minute of it but I really don't like it I'll do it and but the thing is the good thing about it is it's an event it's a real thing you know it's a very identifiable thing and you're all going through it together and that is quite nice it is quite bonding as a group as well you know because you're all kind of going oh god that was hideous that was awful so you're all going through the same shared experience Having the guest instructor there is great because you get really loose and you do something fun. Like Andy Kidd has come a couple of times and done some really great fun stuff before the class, which gets everyone really loose and laughing and having a good time, which takes the pressure off. Um, but Interesting. That, yeah, that's, that's really cool, actually. That's really good fun. So there's the sharedness of the whole thing. See, that that's the thing good. that I've thought about a lot is because we never had that Um you know, like I've seen gradings where people have, you know, parents come or, or friends come and and you're doing it in a group or, or the other students are there. And the gradings for us has always been 
uh, we would always like go off into another room and it'd just be a couple instructors and that student and maybe, you know, somebody for them to beat up on to do their, to do their demonstrations or whatever. Um, nobody saw you do it. Your family wasn't there, you know, and I've always known that that's, that the way we do gradings is probably not very typical. Cause when I hear other people talk about them, that's not what they sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to hear you talk about them because I don't, I don't honestly know what that's like. Well, you will have to come and be a guest, a guest instructor slash panelist for one. Even that'd if be super to, fun. Even if we have to do it over Zoom, we can set up a laptop and you can you can you can be there that way. <gasps> yeah, we'll put you we'll on be a big around. screen. We'll put you on a big screen on the table, yeah, and we'll get some dummy legs and feet to sit under the table. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Because I can say that as a, as a particularly terrified terrified person standing there going to do your kata, the only thing I can do is look at all these hairy feet under the table and go, do you know what? Everyone's everyone is every, this is all very normal, you know. There's just a bunch of hairy feet there. It's all fine, you know. It's everything, you know, because you kind of go out of your head with stress. You know, you're feeling very yeah. up there somewhere you know float your head's floating up by the ceiling somewhere you feel very discombobulated by the whole thing so just look at a row of hairy feet and go it's fine it's fine. Hairy feet. <laughs> see we never had tables either like that's another thing i've seen other people do where they have like a table and they have like notebooks and stuff like that yeah um, and mine is always it was like a couple people sitting in chairs you know oh, no table and, no anything. You and then write something yeah, down looking. it's like oh fuck off <laughs> Well, what, so we never we got the, the write something down and it was just they just kept looking at you and they might yeah. one thing uh. we started doing which came from my grading with ian when i graded under ian he he had the table sat at the table blah blah, blah but he would just get up and come and hold pads for me and you know just basically join in and me mm-hmm. and joe were like that's really cool why why don't we do that so we did and when Andy yeah. down, we were like, I, for the pad work, me, I, I held pads, Andy held pads, Joe held pads. And then sparring, Andy was like, should we spar? We were like, yeah, all right, let's do it. So we all just <laughs> checked the gloves on and went in as well. And it makes it. I love that. I, I prefer it. I definitely well, prefer it. You know yeah, how you, you can feel you it. Can feel yeah, it. exactly. You can feel it. Yeah, you can feel who somebody is when you stand up with them. And as a student going through that, I can tell you that my stress level absolutely fell to the floor as soon as somebody who was really experienced, who I who was my teacher, stood up in front of me with pads. My stress level absolutely fell and my standard went up. Interesting. Yes. It was yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. And if the person I find on grading isn't good enough, then yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I find that testing is one of the best times to get a lesson, right? I mean, corrections that you're given or, or knowledge that you're giving during a test hits different. You know, you, you get so much more out of that. It's very, very personal. And, and because of all that pressure, like it stands out. Those are lessons that you never forget. Yeah, because, because Though, I think all that heightened... said. Oh, no. Yeah. The heightened, no, thing. heightened yeah. stress kind of makes it focus. So, so yeah, that's yeah, kind of acuity. Uh, well, I was going to say, though, all of that said, uh, nothing is more fun for me than than just promoting someone and not having them know that they tested. And then just it's just time to be promoted. Yeah, um, that's what I, I like. And, that was too. Yeah. Yeah, the. 
typically, um, because I, I do like the pressure, uh, starting around fifth queue, uh, maybe. Definitely by third queue, maybe by fifth queue, I'll do an actual test. Um, but prior to that, typically, it's just kind of built into the way that I do it is, is sixth and earlier, you just get promoted one day. And just I one like day that. at the end so of class, it'll happen. Kind of just combine the two. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, why don't you do that? Why, you know, why don't you do this? It's like I don't know, but I mean, why don't you like not have a formal test for every single belt, but have only like five? So the other ones you get presented when you think it's a good time, mm. but otherwise you'll know that when it's red belt or when it's yellow belt or when it's purple belt or what have you, those will be the ones where it's going to be bigger and more pressured and it maybe marks a level of yeah difference. and i do it on people so the tests are always individual there's no the test is never the same from one person to another because everybody's oh, tested on different stuff so, you know some people you know like they might be really good at kata but their their ability to, to spar or do live you know or, or be able to show that they have control over their power or the ability to, to do that um, is different. So their test is going to be way more about that. You know, other people who like maybe they're more of a fighter and they don't do kata very well. Well, maybe I'm going to want to see more kata out of them. Um, or maybe I want to see more confidence out of them. Or maybe I want to see, you know, so like every test is is completely different. And so when that's why I say sometimes by fifth, but definitely by third, because I feel by third to first, um, there are things that you just there there needs to be a level of pressure and there are things that need to be seen that need to be specifically seen. Mm. Um, and whereas the, you know, fifth to fourth, it just depends if somebody doesn't handle pressure very well, then maybe they need to be tested a little earlier. So they start feeling that pressure prior to third queue or second queue or something like that. And then somebody who does handle pressure really well, well, maybe they don't need that. I just need to see that their skill level is getting where it needs to be and their and their growth in the art is getting where it needs to be. So maybe I don't need to do a specific test with them. Maybe I'll just promote them. Um, and yeah. I like that. That's, that's, that's an interesting way to do it. I like it. And it's just like the white belt thing. It puts people in a place where it's like, uh, you're always testing, looking at you every day, mm -hmm. you know, so just always do your best because I'm always testing you every day. <laughs> yeah, that makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. As an instructor, it's what you're doing anyway, right? I mean, you're constantly yeah. making an assessment, whether you call it a test or don't call it a test, you're constantly making assessments. So let's call it what it is and say, yeah, you're testing all the time. I'm always assessing you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mentally taking notes here. <laughs> yeah, you don't grow on a certain day. We were talking about testing, and I did find my notes on that. And uh, I have very sparse notes for that range because I'm starting from the bottom. But for first on, I already said I give people a specific kata that they need to work on. So for first on going forward, that's what I'm going to look at is their, their, the depth of their knowledge of that particular thing, which should be rudimentary because it should be fairly new for them by then. Mm. Um, and then specifically... For Kabuto, I'm specifically choosing a weapon rather than when I came through it, you learned all the weapons, you know, a dozen different weapons, you know, five or six katas for each for each weapon, Sai, Tonfa, Nunchaku, Bo, Eku, all these things. Um, instead, it, uh, the way I look at Kabuto weapons is they're like classifications of weapon types, right? 
weapons. If you break it down, you've got weapons that are that are impact, they're bludgeoning or impact based. You've got um, slashing based weapons. You've got like kind of piercing or puncturing based weapons. You've got things that you throw. You've got flexible weapons, and you've got weapons of distraction. Um, every weapon f- falls into those categories primarily, and sometimes overlaps um, yeah. as well. And so I think of the the Kabuto weapons as a analog for a class of weapon. You know, if you if you start learning the Sai, the Sai is a bludgeoning weapon. Um, well, then anything a stick can be the same mechanic as a Sai. So it doesn't have the hook, so you can't use some of the specific features of it. But a lot of the motions are hitting impact, right? And you know, flexible. Whether you're using a scarf or using an chaku, the the mechanics work the same way. And so, the, in for first down, then there's a specific weapon class. You know, what is maybe you're specifically working nunchaku. Um, and I don't need you to know a thousand different weapons. I need you to be good at one. And then, for second down, so kind of looking into how do you progress. Well, my idea so far is then well, then progression for there is I gave you your first one. So for second down, I want you to choose your next kata. Mm. And and that you're going to spend time with, and I want you to choose the next weapon that you want to spend time with, the next category of weapons. Uh, and then for third, and so these are very minimal notes because I haven't written a lot of stuff. Uh, so third, the the thing that I've got is the chosen area. At, at third, I want people to specialize in in a specific part of what they do. So maybe you are specifically good at striking or maybe you're specifically good at history or maybe you're specifically good um you know whatever and then okay well then i want to know what that is and i want to work towards that and that's what you'll be graded on is the effort and time you've put into excelling at the thing that you chose to be good at are you doing it that's pretty much what our third done is yeah really yeah 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 so we we had so from from second down onwards was like what area do you want to progressing so you can either progress in like the striking grappling historical and then working from there would be one of the one of the criteria for the grade would be you teach a class huh? on on that area that you want to specialize in so we can kind of assess your understanding of it by you teaching it to someone else yeah See, i love that the individuality i probably stole that idea from you maybe i mean i stole it from star maybe. wars so I love it. See, I think that's wonderful. That's so, but it, it supports the thing that I think is the most important, which is this idea of the individual. Yes. Who yeah. are you? It doesn't really matter when I was, I, I need you to know 200 kata. Okay. Why? <laughs> yeah. Or you could be uniquely you and you can specifically dive into, and, and why should my requirement be something that you absolutely hate? You know, if you are if you are absolutely lit up by studying the history of this stuff, well, then why should we be like, yeah, that's all great. Figure that out in your own time. I really need you to figure out how to hit stuff hard. Mm. Like, well, you've been doing that for a long time. I want you to be able to, like, you will go so much further if you chase the thing you're passionate about than you will if I force you to chase the thing you're not passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's nice to see. Obviously, you've been doing it for ages with kind of moving into it other groups are as well that more individual and personalized karate now rather than that kind of photocopy style i mean the the photocopy style is definitely still more prominent oh definitely 
100%. Speaking of, how the hell, by the way, I mean, you can cut this or keep it, Sue, how do you get your post in the nerd group? Because every time Um, you post, it never gets accepted, and we've come to the conclusion they just don't like us. Yeah, we've not been banned. We've not been banned, and we're able to comment on stuff. But, but yeah, time- I've never been banned. Um, I'm not. So here's the secret. Not every one of my posts makes it. So for every post that you see, there's probably three or four that haven't made it. Oh. Um, and if I give away secrets, what I try to do is I try to make sure that when I post, because um, I'm just posting one of my videos, right, that I specifically put in why I think it might be of interest to the group. Okay, you know, so I put it, hey, you know, this is this and then and uh, yeah a lot of times i'll ask for thoughts like hey you know what what do you think or what do you use for this um to kind of go ahead and and make sure that it's about i get i get the strong feeling that it that if it comes across as just advertising self-marketing that they're you know that that they're not going to pass it through um which is fine that's not what i want it for anyway i don't really want that um you know, I do want to see uh, some of the some interesting discussions come out. There's obviously a lot of people in that group, mm-hmm. um, and so so for theirs, you know, a lot of times I I like to just put stuff out there. I actually don't like to put words around the thing. I just like to go here. It is. Watch it. Feel how you feel. Um, say something if you want to say something. But for something like uh, karate nerds, where there's a a a, a you know where it's monitored and and moderated then i specifically try to because i because there's no way i mean i make you know 15 20 minute videos um I, I there's no way that the moderator's watching every 15 minute video somebody posts so i go ahead and go okay since there's somebody that's got to figure this out i want to go ahead and give you a quick synopsis of why i think it belongs here and then and still even with that you know some yes some no um and then i just very be. Oh, that's helpful. Thank you. It's a, with I put at Mary's. I tried to share Mary's in there, and um, I shared it with a kind of um. This is a conversation about women's self-defense and whether, as Karataka, we should be dealing with this at all in our class, and mm. uh, whether it should be part of martial arts or not. We'd really like. I'd really love to have your thoughts on this. And, and it didn't go. No, it was it was chucked out within an hour. Oh wow! No, yeah. it didn't, it didn't, and I never know. They don't like us. I, I've decided. <laughs> that's, I, I don't think I that's mean, true. It's a weird. It's definitely a weird group. You know. Well, I sure. mean, certainly there's there's more viewership and stuff like that. If if it does get posted there, more people see it. Uh, that's definitely true. But it's a it's a weird thing. Like there's things like oh, surely this is a great one that people would would enjoy, and they're like, doesn't make it. Doesn't yeah. doesn't get picked. But then you get um, some comment being like, "Oh, karate, good, yes." Like, well, <laughs> thanks for that. That was that was good. Yeah, I think <laughs> if there's any sense of you're sharing your own material, I think they have, um, you know, they're far far stricter. And yeah, even if even if the post is just like, "Oh, for God's sake," you know, it's one of those kind of. Should we all do Kiai in exactly the same way? It's like that will generate hundreds of comments and a really serious. It'll go nuts. People have four foot long things. I know. I like vowel right? sounds, by the way. That's my favorite Kiai's. Is just just try a vowel sound and see what what feels good. See what feels the least restrictive that allows you to express the most. Because uh, I find consonant sounds 
you know, whatever, all restrict, right? You can feel it. Your throat gets tight. Um, I'm like, yeah, figure out, like, try Valsan. But I, there was an Aikido demonstration that I saw that I really love where they got everybody sitting down. It was like, ah, 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 eh, 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 oh, oh, oh. Everybody's laughing, you know, but, um, but it showed the idea that those are just vowel sounds and they, um, and I feel like a ki should be the least restrictive thing that you do because everything about it should be expressive. Yeah. Um, you weren't asking how I felt about ki but there you go. Yeah, that's, I like that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just for you. That's secret knowledge. Yeah. Oh, secret knowledge. Okay. Secret all right. Knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll post to that. We'll keep it all in. Because let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll keep it in. Well, if we they don't, don't, share, your, no they, they don't share your podcast, they uh, they won't know what's in there anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you if you do see this, like, hey, show show some 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 love, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're part of the community, guys. We've been talking about Jesse's videos since the beginning of this conversation. So. Yeah, maybe we so, need to speak yeah. to Jesse and be like, yo. Sort out, Jesse. We genuinely sort love to talk to the guy. I would love to talk to Jesse, yeah, for sure. He seems infinitely fascinating. Like, I mean, he's definitely got the business side, the marketing side, like on lock, like yeah. really well put together. Oh, but yeah, he's good at that, definitely. Honestly, just listening to him talk, there's a depth to what he knows that goes beyond the superficial part of what he shows. And oh, you can tell. And I'd be fascinated to know more about this, to have a general conversation. Yeah, I'd love to speak to him. And he's been privy to really great opportunities to talk with really great people and just even just secondhand stories of people that you didn't get to talk to yourself would be wonderful, you know. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd definitely love to talk to him about his experience in China. Oh, 100%. That that one I was very interested in. I backed that, actually. I threw money towards that. Too. I was like, I want to see that happen. Mm. And I want him to see one, him do one of the Philippines, too. I think that I think would be really will. cool. I think he will. I think that's that's kind of where I think his yeah. next step logically would go. I sure hope so. Like I posted that when he when that video kind of came out. I was like, yeah, I was like, do it. Like throw another Kickstarter up. Let us let us help pay for it. Like, you know, let's do it. Because I mean, that's such a cool opportunity. You can like the guy. You can not like the guy. You can you know you can feel good or bad about how it's i mean any documentaries it's got to be edited it can't just be a bunch of footage stuffed mm. in a folder um and so you can have feelings about oh well they cut out this part or cut out that part you know but the truth is you're getting to see something that you wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise yeah exactly and you can take it for what you want it to be and even just i mean watch it on mute and just watch people move and you can learn a lot mm -hmm. uh, and with the the filipino background that i have I would love to see that happen and to see those parallels and those crossovers. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a keen interest to me. Yeah. I'm definitely going to spend a bit more time looking into some of the, the Filipino stuff, even just watching videos, because looking at the stuff I've seen from you and the stuff from Jesse, it seems really cool. And it's Well, let's train. We'll jump on like Zoom or something and we'll uh, let's just yeah, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. That'd be super fun. Sue, you want to do some calling? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when should right. we be amazing? Let's do it. Yeah. I, I would love that. That'd be a blast. That'd be a let's super do blast. Okay, I mean, I'm, we'll do it. Okay. I'm down we'll to do it next we'll, week. 100%. And we'll show it. Shall we yeah. show it? Shall we yeah. show us trying and failing? 
Should I mean, yeah, failing, yes, because we just talked about why that's so important, right? Mm. You know, I tell people about the four stages of learning because I think that's such a, a hugely important thing. You know, if you are aware that you have failed, then you've actually learned something because the four stages of learning are are unconscious incompetence. I, I, I don't know that I don't know. And then you move into conscious incompetence. I now know that I don't know. Well, guess what? That that was learning. That was growth. That was progress. You know. Then you move into conscious conscious competence, which is that that one that we feel. Well, if I think about it, I can do it. Which is ninety percent of on the mat. If I think about that, I can do this, right? And then you keep training until I don't have to think about this and I can do it. That's unconscious competence. Um, so every time somebody says, "Oh man, I just messed it up," and like the fact that you know that you messed it up means that you learned something. Mm. That actually is, whether you like it or not, you are further along than you were when you walked in. Because when you walked in, you didn't even know this was a thing you could do. And yeah, now you know enough about it to know when it is or is not it. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like Plus college is fun. The un unconscious competence, that's what everyone needs to, that's what we're aiming for. Though I think one of my one of my next t-shirts I think is going to be unconscious incompetence. I think I've been thinking about doing a t-shirt of unconscious incompetence. I don't know what I know, you know. I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of t-shirts, by the way, that was really cool of you to to let us sell your t-shirt. Essentially, it's it was really cool of you to to draw up that that amazing piece of art to, for me to show everyone. Oh, I had fun doing it. It was great fun. I enjoyed doing that. It was such a blast, such a blast. And no, yeah, glad to do it. I mean, it was, I love what you guys do. If you guys started a Patreon or you guys did whatever, I, I would I would be right there. And I think there's a ton of people that would because we love what you do. The fact that I'm having this conversation with you is is beyond incredible to me because moments when I when I'm driving, I'm introspective, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, like, I can't tell you how frustrated I get listening to your podcast in a good way. Oh, no. Because cause I drive around and I'm like, oh, I just want to be a part of this conversation. I Every wanna, time I, like, I hear it, and I'm like, I just, I want to be in, like, somebody says, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to, I want to be a part of it. And that to me just shows how amazing what you guys do is, is the fact oh, that, that's very kind of you yeah, say. it's incredible. Uh, I wanna, so I wanna anything star poster with that quote on it though you know like where it has like five stars the guardian I want, like <laughs> this is the most frustrating podcast to listen to Ken <laughs> he's so frustrated <laughs> that's right but okay all right i'll go i'll head to itunes and leave my review most frustrating podcast do it. Do it. <laughs> to be fair while we're on the subject anyone out there that does listen please leave a, a comment on itunes and a, and a rating would be great thanks done Doing it. tell them how frustrating it is yeah Absolutely. so frustrating and i love it show us a little love you know share share it on the social media buy something off of our shop share share them yeah, go buy a kenfu tv shirt yes 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 right. i love oh, by the way the, the animation you did as well it's cool like the intro i love it it's great oh thank you yeah i really liked doing the one for dojo sessions um and that kind of like walking into because that's actually a I forget the word for the curtain, um, but that's actually a clip of walking into our space. So it cuts into the logo. But but that moment of seeing that that was the path that everybody walked in to walk into the dojo oh, every day. Awesome. And so that was kind of fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah, your video yeah. skills are, are 
a damn sight better than mine. Well, Always. you know, Greg, the key is just never be satisfied. Yeah. So whenever I, I, I did play. today's video, I learned more things. Like, um, you know, I just try each time to go. I have a lot of ideas, and I go, can I do it? Is it possible? What if I did this? It's back to that failure thing. I'm willing to fail. I fail a lot. It, it, God damn, when did I start it? I started at noon, and I finished t tomorrow's episode uh, half an hour before we got on the phone. So... Oh. A lot of time, you know what I mean? So like uh, from noon till 1030 to get that to get tomorrow's episode done, it'll be, you know, like 15 minutes worth of wow. that many hours of my life. Um, and, you know, it's just a, so but you got to you get something out. Of, I get so much out of doing it. Um, and then I get even more out of, of seeing when it means something to somebody else. So yeah. I just think. That, that um, question you asked yourself, though, um, when, you, when you're trying to make it and you learn something in the video, is something that happens when I do the audio for this, when I'm trying to figure something out. Yeah. The question is, what would happen if I did this? What mm -hmm. would, would so right, I've got everything saved. I've got the original video saved. I've got, I've converted it to audio, so I've got that saved. Now I'm editing something, you know, now I'm editing a copy. So I'm yeah. safe to say, what would happen if I tried this? This is a really tricky piece. We had a conversation, you know, we need to, I, you know, maybe someone said, oh, by the way, don't, you know, can I just mention something or I'm on the phone, the phone call, but it, it becomes awkward. So how, how can I do it? What would happen if I tried this? What would happen if I tried that special effect? You and know, how hard was it for you? You know, when you think about it, it's like, it wasn't very hard for you to go, I now I can think of a way that I could safely do this. I could safely try this without without risking anything. I'll go make a copy of it and then I'll go try it. And it took you nothing to to do that. And then yeah. you can go experiment and try. But the first um, time I learned any of that, it took me nearly an hour to put the music on the end the first time. Mm -hmm. Just just that fading out, fading it, fading the music into it and positioning it correctly it took me nearly an hour. And then I had to ask for help and it took Dom who taught me like three minutes. Yeah. That's why people get there like, oh, you know, <laughs> so I do IT, right? So I show up and I fix a thing and people are like, we've been putting up with that for three weeks. You did that in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I've spent, you know, 20 years being able to do that in five minutes. You know, I just you saw me do it in five minutes and I'm really glad that it makes me looks really cool. But I <laughs> promise you the first time I did that, it didn't take me five minutes to do it. And it's just like the videos and stuff. The thing that I, I have found, I've fallen in love with doing video because I get to express the photography side of what of, of my knowledge, you know, of lighting and all of that. I get to add in the idea of motion and how all that plays in get to go play with microphones and go how to how can I tie in audio and music and mixing and um there's so many avenues you can go now working into the compositing and the 3d stuff um there's so many different things you can play with and it's it's just a lot of fun yeah and i think that key question is always what would happen if what would happen if what yeah. would happen if and i, I do that in karate constantly. all the time i ask that incorrect what would happen if i stopped trying to hit him in the face what would happen if i stopped that what would happen I if i that. just thought about stopping him hitting me in the face what would happen then and what what inevitably happens is my stress level comes down and i get really good at that and then i find a way to hit him 
I'm going to give you a drill. I'm going to give you a drill that I came up with for the Eskrima class that I do. Um, I call it the Gatos drill. Uh, Gatos, not meaning cat, but meaning the number 100. And so I set, I had a friend of mine write a script where I could say, okay, I need, I need three seconds between this thing to count out a hundred times or something like that. Uh, and the idea was that, you know, you do something five times and you're like, all right, you do it five more, you get to 10 and you're going, okay, you know, by 15, by 20, you probably lose an interest, you know, by 30, you're definitely over it. Uh, and so what I, what my hope was. And it works for myself, so I hope it works for my students. What my hope was, was that if you have to do that thing, and it might be a simple, you know, an agreement, it might be like literally two movements that you're going to do 100 times, is that as soon as you get bored, you start playing with it. Well, what if I went a little faster? What if I went a little slower? What if I went fast in the first half and slow in the second half? You know, well, then by the time you hit 100, you might have done it 30 times the same and then 70 times different ways that have made you understand it deeper and it took you three minutes yeah you know or 10 minutes or something that drill is a lot of fun uh it's super you know it's not a not a big deal you kind of get lost in it right you kind of forget that class is going especially with we did it with kind of a metronome so you just hear just a metronome beep um we use kind of the wooden style so just this clack of wood hitting together and then you move clack move clack move so it's almost meditative um and i know for me it becomes very exploratory it's why i love repetition is i don't want to do something a hundred times the same way i want to do it as many different ways as i can so that you know i can figure out what the best way for me is yeah and then get a number of reps of doing it that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah the reps is uh reps is important yeah i think and i like reps are not always taken as creatively as creatively as they should yeah yeah for sure i like that you know first 20 reps you might you'll discover your way of doing it and the next 20 you'll be doing it how you do it yeah yeah and you're gonna find ways you really don't like you're like i did that and i hated it I did that and I looked a fool. I was that was silly looking, you know. But then you find the one you're like, that one was really good. Maybe I'll try that one again. Mm. You know, you do that a few times, and then you tweak it again and you're like, well, that either worked good or didn't work good. And you know. And I watch skill improve in people when after they do it because they they don't realize that they're allowing themselves to teach themselves. And one thing my students hear a lot is that I don't teach them anything because I believe that I never do. I believe all I can do is present material and they have to, and it's by virtue of the way that we are, you have to take that material and make it, you have to understand it, right? I can say it. I can present it any way I want. I cannot choose how you interpret it or how you embrace it. So the only person that ever teaches you is you. And so I express it and you teach yourself everything. Yeah. I've taught you nothing. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. See, you yeah. just taught yourself something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a very cool way of, uh, yeah, looking at it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's down to the person to yeah, take it how they want to take it. Yeah. And you think about it, there's nothing you can do to change it. Like, yeah, 
name a way that you could go and make somebody understand something differently than than how they understood it. You get in a in a argument with someone, you know, your friend or your family member or whatever, and sometimes it's just because what you said and what they heard were different. Mm. Well, that is the key. The key is you never get to choose how they receive something. Mm. You can only choose how you project something. And when we teach the same way, I can choose to project it different ways and try to approach different learning types and attach it to different knowledge I might know that you already have. But at the end of the day, I don't get to control how you receive that and what it means to you. I could say this and it means perfectly exactly what I, I can picture it. It's everything I need. But you don't get that. You mm. get something else. Um, and so I don't get to choose that. So the so the way I see it is is we have never been taught anything because we've always had to pass it through a filter of our own understanding. Yeah, that makes a lot. I like that. It's a lot of sense. It does. Just no, try to no. tell people, you know, just try to take myself out of the job. So I don't teach nothing. <laughs> you guys are the teachers here. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to sit in the corner. And... You don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that 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 is a that's a, a good thought. Profound. The Susan, the moment where. Oh. Well, I guess I'm kind of wondering about about that. Not that I want to contradict you, Ken. Go for it. I mean, honestly, but I would we, love to find out that I'm wrong. No, I don't think you're wrong at all. But we have to we have to develop that map of how we receive things somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, so people might say I've always been taught that it's, you know, if, if someone's had a hard childhood, they might have always been taught that it's not safe to ask questions. So when by the time you're teaching them, you can't control how they receive that. But they have been taught it at some point. They have or let's put it this way. They have learned they have so they learned have, and that's they just have it. learned it from somewhere from experiences that they've been shown or taught so i was right. just thinking you know that this that that starts really early you know to create your internal mapping of how you will receive stuff mm. i think it starts the moment the moment you're conscious right like look yeah. at language we why do we use the words that we use you know how come i'm saying words and you can understand them right we have it's a weird thing. Why why is the word blue not the word purple or why is it not the word zebra or you know the only we've just decided that, that it means what it means and we've accepted it, right? So if I point at something blue and I tell you the word blue over time that becomes the word you know for yeah. that color. If you want to really trip it out a little bit further, recognize that of the three of us we'll never see the same color most likely. Uh, you know, genetically uh, women have more cones, so their color perception is higher than men. Um, men more rods, so they're and, it, and it, the whole theory falls into the idea of you know the hunter gatherer. Hunter gatherer needs to be able to see the so the hunter needs to be able to see more in low light and be able to track when animals are moving and stuff to be able to hunt. You know, you got the gatherer who needs to be able to see the difference between two types of berries because one of them might be poisonous, and so the subtle difference in color might be the difference of whether or not their family dies. And so you have different people of different roles developing different different things. And so – but then just colorblindness, right? You add in – so we already have the fact that we probably don't see things the same way anyway. Then you add in things like colorblindness and the fact that, well, maybe you're, the colors that you see are not even – I mean 
I have met people who just recently found that that they were colorblind and they never knew they had no way of understanding that the color that they saw was not the color that it was. But then, you know, then you go even deeper and go, well, how do I know that the color that I know it is? You know, but I learned the other day yeah. somebody was saying that their little reflective square around the lights uh, are, are traffic lights. I had never thought anything of them. And then my dad was telling me, he's like, yeah, I was talking to a guy who's colorblind who he really struggles to drive at night because during the day he knows that it goes red, yellow, green. And so he can tell by which one's lit up. They're all the same color to him. But he can tell by if it's the top, middle, or bottom if he's supposed to stop, yield, or go. And But at night, he can't tell that because it's just one color and there's nothing else. And now there's reflective squares around the traffic light so that there's a reference to where in space that circle of unknown color is. Oh, um, my God. That's brilliant. And so that's a, wow. Yeah, it's a thing you see all the time. And I never process that that's because somebody can't actually tell the difference between those three yeah. colors. Well, yeah, I suppose uh, you're not seeing it because it's not for you. Yeah. It's a piece of information out there that you don't need to access. Yeah. So you're simply not accessing it. Yeah, or worse, yeah, what if you just don't know that you don't need to access it, right? Yeah. I obviously wear glasses. I'm wearing them right now. and But I struggled in math in, in junior high and didn't understand why. And it was because I sat in the back all the time because I wasn't the person who liked to sit in the front. And I just couldn't see the board. I didn't really realize that. It's weird to think that I could look at the board, not be able to read it, and not process that I couldn't read it. But I don't ever remember not being able to read the board. But as soon as I got corrective lenses, it was a different world. I could see so many different things. But prior to that, I had no concept of the fact that it was not – that that wasn't what it looked like to everybody. Mm. And there's – you know – so I don't I don't have any way of knowing when I'm teaching karate or anything like that. I have no way of knowing what somebody's processing. And that's why that's why I try to communicate with people with the idea of you have to try. Because if you want to ask a million questions to and to understand it before you try, I don't truly know what you understand until I see you try, and then I'll know the parts that you know and know the parts that you didn't know from what I told you. So if you never try, if you try to process it out to where you know how to do it before ever having executed it once, then you've actually taken me out of the equation because I have no way to process how much of this is landing for you until I see you do it. Mm. And so we could cut to a lot of it by do it one time and I'll tell you how much of what, what I just gave you, you got. Or you could ask a thousand questions and we'll, we'll get there eventually. Mm. Yeah. Another moment, another moment. We're all like, yeah, it's deep. It's getting deep. Just let all that, yeah. We've got a lot of processing to do, I think. Mm. Processing, that's right. Processing, talking to American, processing, processing, yeah. (laughs) Processing, processing, processing. We're processing, don't you know? That's okay. I'm just buffering. So, (laughs) a lot of a lot of thinking to do on that one. That's amazing. Mm. I feel like we've taken a really deep dive into. How to learn today. How to learn. How to learn. Yeah. How to learn. What an interesting topic. You know, it's yeah. It's endlessly fascinating to me, the idea endlessly of learning. Fascinating, yeah. Many. I have a friend that um you know, when you think of 
up and down. So you play a video game and you get the joysticks and up means up or, or up means down, right? It, it depends. Um, when I, I teach, so she's a friend of mine and she also does karate with me. And, you know, when I teach her things, we have to work differently because in my mind, down is down, right? So, if, so the way she described it, she's like, okay, take a stick and stick it through your head. That's weird, but go with me, you know? For me, you take the front of the stick that's sticking out by your nose and point it down, and that's down. For her, it's you take the stick that's sticking out of the back of the head and lift it up to go down. Because of that simple thing, it makes me giving her instruction on direction really difficult, you know? Um, and so she and she's very tactile. So, I mean, there's been times where we're doing technique, and she'll literally just be like, can I just put my hand on your shoulder while I'm doing it so that she can feel what part of my body is activating when I do the technique so that she can try to process and, and do that herself. Um, it's fascinating to me the, the different ways that people process information. And the difficult thing is yeah. we tend to just assume that everybody understands what we understand when the truth is we're, we're not only doing it off of, of all of those things, but also just our base of knowledge. Do you know how that works. If I tell you, hey, this is, I want you to think of, of this, the motion of this punch, think of it like that rail that rides on the wheels of a train, you know, that, that just does this motion here. Well, if, you, if you're not a person who knows anything about trains, you might be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. We cool. just have no way of processing. It may, it might mm. be the most perfect analogy ever. I had this, I went to tell a student the other day, they were working on their, um, and I wanted to fix because they were just grinding their arm together on the way down, just like really emphasizing the pressure of the bone pressing together. I was like, interesting. I was like, okay, so this part, like when it comes to here, like when that comes down and I, in my mind, it was always a carrot peeler. Like I'm just peeling carrot, you know, you know, and he said, and he cut me off. He's like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I think about it like, like a fire starter, you know, like taking a, a rock and like starting a fire. And I was like, that's exactly what you were showing me like, like that was a way better analogy than I ever could have come up with. Mm. And it showed me that that's what he was picturing when he was doing it is like, he was starting to start a fire with his arms. Um, uh, so you just never know how somebody's processing something. Mm. And it's fascinating. That's really weird, isn't it? Cause Kate Amber, I didn't really mean anything to me for about three years other than it's a way to do a low block until we start to do really serious applications until I realized then it's kind of like grab that and smack that. <laughs> and then I've actually Oh got, my god. Then then I'll it's kind of like then I have something. I, I never thought carrot peeler or fire starter it needed an a relevance for me. It needed relevance. Well so I will tell you an amazing story. I was in the park, I was training with a friend of mine um and we were learning uh Heian Shodan and He's just really struggling to turn and, and do his, his first gate on Barai. And then he said, hey, he's like, hey, can I just have a minute? I just go over here. I just kind of want to work through this. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. And then two minutes later, he came back and he was doing it perfectly. Like, like zero question. Like, I was like, okay, whatever just happened over in that corner of the park just <laughs> worked. And I was like, man, what happened? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I realized that it's not really any different than when I'm at work. And I go over to the fridge and I grab the milk and I set it on the counter. And I grab the milk and I set it on the counter because the, the fridge was facing away from the counter. So he would grab the milk up here. He would turn and he'd set it on the counter. And for him, <laughs> that it's perfect every time. Like, so you just don't know. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool, yeah. 
<laughs> and he immediately attached it to a thing that he does every day. You yeah. Know. Or putting so on now when he goes belt. to work, he, he he it helped him with his karate, and then his karate went to work. He can practice his karate while he's grabbing the milk. Yeah. Putting on a seatbelt, yeah. Putting on a seatbelt, you know. Seat oh yeah. You know, control a small child and put on a seatbelt, or you know, hold the stick. Oh right, okay, just hold the seat, put that on, and. <laughs> It's like that Tai Chi instructor was talking. He's like, yeah, this movement here, you come up, your hand's going to go by your hip like you're pushing a kid's head underwater. I was like, I'm not really sure why that was the one, but all right. <laughs> I never heard you say that. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not inviting you to the pool party. That's what I'm telling you right now. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we should add on to this then that anyone who's got ge genuinely genius analogies for how they do various bits of kata or movements or anything, you should oh, definitely, yeah. definitely I wanna, like, share. We them. need a, like a like a massive list of like crazy like. Yeah, I it's amazing to me the different stuff. So yes, everybody should like chime in the different things that they think of when they think of. For sure. Basic yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll create, we'll so yeah, you need a centralized place where that can go so that everybody can put it in the same place. Okay, well, maybe what I could do is I could um, open up a comment section on the, on our website or something. Yeah, perfect. The people yeah. could all post yeah. it. Post in there and then on the next episode. That's the problem with social media, right? Like that's a, that's a thing that I struggle. You're like, oh, I'll do like when I was doing comments on the videos and stuff, I was like, I can really only do comments off of YouTube because you do comments off of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Like, are you going to go to all of these places and try to do it? You need like one or it's unmanageable. Yeah. I, I mean, I must admit, I, I struggle with, with, um, with web websites. I had to get someone to build ours because it's just so far out of my league. I kind of understand bits mm. of it, but I find it too, too complicated. It's, it's like maths for me. I look at it and my brain shuts off and I was like, I just want to cry. <laughs> well, how, about, is weird. How, about, how about you just say, it, we'll, we'll, we'll just use Twitter. Everyone has Twitter, surely. No, most people go. don't. We did our little survey. Is that another thing anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And, yeah. and no one uses it. No, it's fine. So what does everybody use? What's um, everybody's favorite? The majority of our people are on Facebook. The next most popular was YouTube and the next most popular was Instagram. All right, well, there you go. We'll, we'll maybe so make Facebook, a post on Facebook. We can do, but I think that what I will do is um, is I, I actually do want to find out how to do a written blog on our website so that we can oh, actually yeah. post up comments about things and like let that be open to comments because I've, I've not allowed comments on the videos just because it can become, as you say, unmanageable. But, That's true. You know, so uh, Facebook true. tends you to You guys should release the these as videos. Does it record the video for you too? You guys should release these as videos too. We are going to start potentially. Yeah, we're going to start. To be fair, this yeah. this could be a good first one to do, so. Oh, there God. you go. Stuff it out there. <laughs> be a good first one to do. See, I do the opposite. I release videos that were meant to be podcasts, right? Like most <laughs> of my videos. There's no reason. Don't even watch them. Just like go turn them on and leave the room. <laughs> oh, I like this. I I like I can I can do that with some videos, not not all. If 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 it's a video with just like a podcast with just an image, then yeah, fine, whatever. If there's something in the video, I need to watch the video. I don't I'm the same way. Even if nothing's happening, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm just watching watch your it. eyebrows move now, but I can't look away. 
<laughs> I fidget too much. I just sit here and everyone else is just sitting there talking. Actually, and I'm going... I have been I have been playing with a binder clip this entire time. <laughs> like I've just been like fidgeting like crazy. Yeah, we all do. We all do. <laughs> no, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> we um Yeah, we we've got we've got a YouTube channel, we just haven't got anything on it yet or have it have it properly set up. So we need a, a start. Yeah. Video. I want there to put. I want to put right. kind of um, not instructional stuff, but like kind of you know, like you've done with the dojo sessions, I guess, which we already do on. The, you the do. I love the uh, yeah, the stuff that you guys have been posting. It's been awesome. Yeah. You like that? I do like that. Awesome. I've really enjoyed that. Oh, that's brilliant. Good. That's yeah, good. I watch them all the time. I think like when you guys started doing them, I was like, because you would do every one every now and again. Then you started doing them a lot more consistently. I was like, this is awesome. Like yeah. I am pumped. Well, that was that was Joe really. Joe, I think Joe wanted kind of a reference for people to go. You know, if they come home and they go, I don't remember that. They can just go and find it. Yeah. So we're tending to post quite a bit now. I that was to. how my YouTube thing started. Is I went, hey, I'm going to die someday, and I guess I could just leave whatever random things that I said, and for people to dig through later. <laughs> I mean, Joe's not there Thursday, so Sue, you need to remind me to film because okay. first. Joe will kick my ass if I don't. And second, that could be a, that, yeah. that that could be the first conversation on Karate YouTube video. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I just go in and I I get everybody pulled aside and then and then I hand somebody the camera and say, "All right, you're cameraman tonight," and and then we just go for it. Um, and then they get to play. I, it's been fun because then I get to share knowledge of like how to film, how to how to do how to go through the process of doing it, how to use the camera, how to how to angle or do things or move around and so get to share a different a different part of knowledge to each of the students that help help film stuff cool that is cool mm. that is cool yeah yeah all right Love what it. time is it for you ken is it like it's, nearly it's, two o'clock? it's like two yeah it's two yeah. o'clock i think we should probably let him go to bed <laughs> now so bad. <laughs> we've been on here for like two and a half hours ken it feels like a blink. It's been amazing. I love it's it. It's been so lovely. Yeah, I do yeah. love talking to you. Overdue. Yeah. I need to, yeah. I just I just definitely need to come to Wyoming so I can like for you like do. two weeks. And I train well, yes. we would definitely do the, the Zoom, the Carly thing. I'd love that. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll figure I'll, out a time and let's make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Probably not eleven o'clock at night for you though, Ken, to deliver a Carly training. Well, you know, <laughs> I do it eleven o'clock at night. So, see, that's the thing about about teaching, right? It's like a lot of your training is training on your own. So, like, I have a wall—not in this room. I have a wall of weapons, just like um, Liz. Let me just put weapons, like swords and random stuff, on the wall. And so, I just go over to it and I pick one and I just start working with it for a while. So, usually, like, the house gets quiet and everybody's kind of going to bed or whatever, and I grab a weapon and just kind of work for a while. So, no, I mean, uh, yeah, 11 o'clock, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Especially if you do it together. Like, it, it would be an amazing thing if you do it together because there's a lot of things that's just useful to have another person for. Okay. So, there you go. Okay. Be okay. Booking a call. What time is... We'll, we'll message afterwards because what we could do is possibly on, like, a Sunday class where it's you, me, and Joe... Oh yeah, we that'd be bring, cool. We could bring the laptop, set it up. Then you just gotta hit each other with sticks. 
Or yeah. machetes, if you prefer. Yeah. So we do that too. I think we should start with sticks before start we move into the heavily edged objects. Um, just a thought. I started, so I held a machete the very first class I ever did. And it was terrifying because it was long. It was like a, it was like a three foot long machete, and it looked like a saw. It had been hit with other machetes so many times it was just chewed up. Um, and that was he was like, "Okay, I'm going to swing. You need to move out of the way. You need to do this." And it was like, "Oh my god," you know. Um, that's the thing that I've carried in a lot of a lot of the first lessons. I'm like, it's not your real first lesson until you've had a machete held a machete. So <laughs> makes sense. You know, you take it a lot more seriously. Like when yeah. I say get out of the way, you 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 think about it more when when there's a machete involved. Mm -hmm. I would probably. I think actually the video swung the machete. Over the, the video from this week's Escrima class on Saturday, like there's a part in the drill where I was talking about limb destruction and how, you know, where you're like elbowing fists and things like that, and that all comes from the knife. It comes from taking a knife and and you have the knife in your hand and you're and you're cutting their hand. But if you don't cut that, you follow the trajectory and the elbow is next. And so you hit with the elbow um, and I had a knife in my pocket. So I just pulled it out. And I was like, OK, don't, maybe don't move too fast, but let's go through this. And was, <laughs> so, you See, know, sometimes you just have knives. It makes me think of the karate connection, because if you look at like like Motobu's 12 Kumite drills, I don't know if you've ever paid much attention to There's There's some in there where he, he, he kind of blocks and strikes underneath and, and catches the elbows and stuff like that, which I've seen yeah. in Carly videos with sticks. You come and catch underneath with, with the end of the stick or something. Yep. There's a lot of, especially the gunting. You'll see the gunting, and the gunting just means the scissor, and so you'll do two hands at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and kind of that crossing. In fact, because a lot of... A lot of the college students also do karate in this weekend's thing as uh, we were working that particular limb destruction drill. And I was like, hey, yeah, this is this choke is 100 percent off of a shudo if you do karate, because it's the the position you're going to is the exact same position that you do when you throw the shudo um, kind of to that collarbone, kind of passing the arm and dropping method. Um, same thing we, the choke itself kind of fell into kind of the cross block um, jujuke kind of situation like there's a huge overlap it's massive um and i know that the escrima that i do it was originally a guy named raymond tobosa is the founder of it and his original art was called kajikumi and kajikumi kaji is an acronym that's that stands for karate aikido jujitsu and iskrima iskrima uh Visayan is spelled with an i instead of an e so karate aikido jujitsu iskrima and then kumi means group. So that was – so the karate was li like literally built into it. Uh, I was fascinated by it right away because I was like, okay, karate I've trained for a long time. Aikido I've trained. Jiu-jitsu I've trained. And then Eskrima I've trained. I'm like, this is what I do, mm. you know. Um, and to see all of that and then to go look at old footage of him doing pinan katas and different stuff is, you know, I was like, well, what are they doing with the bow? And they're doing chonokun. And I'm like, this is cool. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, all, we're all massive martial nerds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What what martial nerd movies are you guys watching lately? Anything good? I haven't really. I I've been watching more. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been watching the Marvel What Ifs and other stuff. Oh like yeah. That. Um. So I the one I want to watch is Paper Tigers. Oh, I liked it. On Netflix. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah, I've seen well, the I saw a movie with Master Ken in it, right? So I had to go watch that. 
Uh, <laughs> it was good. It was good. It had all the all the trimmings of a good, uh, just good kung fu movie yeah. situation. What about I you? That a lot. Oh, what have I been watching? Uh, well, I'm ramped up for Cobra Kai. I'm I'm frustrated that there's so many days left before we get to watch that. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to see, what is it, Shang-Chi? Shang, what is the one? That... Oh, Shang-Chi. I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I've been really wanting to see that. We watched Dune yesterday. That had some some sweet sword action in it. Um, and, but I think Cobra Kai is the thing that I'm like the most pumped for right now. We gotta wait till till New Year's for that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, except Cowboy Bebop, right? Cowboy Bebop comes out soon. Oh, I've seen something. Uh, about that. What? What? Yeah, so the so the live action Cowboy Bebop off of the anime of the same name, um, which in Spike Spiegel, the character in that, like his he was his character's fighting style was based on Jeet Kune Do. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, the director—I forget the director's name—but every every series that he does is really cool because it'd be like one specific type of thing, and then a drastically different music. So like Cowboy Bebop is like a space opera done to jazz, and then Samurai Champloo is also amazing, and it's like old school samurai kind of situation done to hip hop. Oh, I'm and down for that. It's so awesome. And the fight choreography, animated fight choreography, like like go start it, watch the first fight scene of the two the two main protagonists. So awesome. It's Can absolutely just, so the incredible. The name of that last one again was what? Is Samurai Champloo. So C H A M P L O O. Samurai Champloo. I'm going to check Cowboy Bebop. And oh, it's so good. It's so good. And ah I'm gonna go watch it again because it's. I've been needing one, to. One I've got... I did watch, so I really loved was they did a, a Star Wars. They they got Japanese anime directors to do. Oh, so yes. Have you seen them? That was the um, vision. Oh, what was that called? Because that visions. Yeah. yeah, and that first one, the black and white yeah, one, so good. Oh, so that good. one was so good. Yeah, like that was by far my favorite. I was like, that's just yeah, incredible. I, mean, I. I loved that and. That whole, that whole lightsaber parasol, yeah, dude, <laughs> it was cool. That was epic, but and it also led to so... one of the most brutal kills that I'd saw. Yeah. You know? It was so samurai and like it was just brilliant. I loved it. It was great. It was it one hundred percent, which kind of matches the whole. I mean, Star Wars was all kind of like samurai based yeah. anyway, right? Yeah. And so it kind of came full circle in that way. Yeah, it was. So that was super cool. Yeah, I love that. Love it. I might go and watch that again. To be fair. So you know a movie that I really love that that nobody likes, but I really love it. Okay. Is is the new Karate Kid? Everybody gives it so much crap. Oh yeah, I'm not I fan. love it. There's bits oh, of it I like. There's bits of it I like. Yeah. But overall, I'm I'm not. I prefer. Have you seen the the ending, the cut ending? I have seen. I don't remember what it was because it's been a while, but I I did see it. Jackie Chan fights the other master at the tournament. Yes. That was better. Yeah. You like that ending better? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because Jackie Chan. I loved the whole movie. Like, I just, I really enjoyed the whole movie. It's a total unpopular opinion. You know, could sing the whole unpopular opinion jingle or whatever, but it was total unpopular opinion. Why? What was it about it that appealed to you? 
it so i mean first off it like it has all of the appropriate nostalgia like it 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 tells the story right kid living in a, a new place um kind of coming up through martial arts as his way of finding his way which let's face it if there's any of us that are super nerds into into the martial arts especially young boys that's i mean i know that was me like that's that's what i wanted right i wanted to find myself into a into a situation where like life made sense because of martial arts right you know and you and that's where everything came from and so you see this idea following the whole miyagi style but then you've got this training that's hidden that's always a cool thing right it's totally not a not a thing but it's a it was the thing in the Karate Kid. It was the thing in the new Karate Kid. It was this idea, you know, pick up your jacket, you know, but then he's learning how to fight by picking up his jacket. And you're like, ah, yeah. oh, that'd be so cool to, like, have learned how to be so cool by doing a thing that wasn't even a thing. Um, but then the way that they communicated, like, the relationships with the characters and, like, the way, you know, Jackie Chan's character is expressing grief over his, his, his wife and his son yeah. and the way oh man I'll, i i won't hide it i totally teared up when when um the his character um will smith's son i'm suddenly forgetting his name Jaden. Jaden. yeah yeah um you know grabs the the bamboo pipes with the ropes and picks them up and kind of like helps him heal through the martial arts you know kind of like pulls him out of that and kind of um by training you know i think we've all had those moments where where we're going through something hard, but trainings helped us through it. Even if it was not something that fixed the problem, training was part of the thing that helped us heal through it. And, you know, and it's got all the, all the, the cool triumphant, you know, he's got to beat the bad guy at the end and they got to get the girl and you got to have all the things. Um, and it's just fun. And you watch his mom get so excited for him as he's, as he's going. And it just had all of the the right things to make a great movie. Everybody got up so upset because it was called the Karate Kid, and he's I not think doing for me, karate. I was going to say, I think that's what puts me off because, like I said, it's not a bad movie, but the name. Do you want me to fix that for you? Okay. I, here's I'll give you my theory, and this is this might fix it for you. So, Karate Kid, right? So, if you look to the beginning of the movie, he is trying to teach himself karate through tapes to be able to fight the bullies. Okay. So in essence, he is the karate kid, right? He was the karate kid. He was the kid that was trying to learn karate to, to like solve his problems. He ends up learning Kung Fu and he ends up doing like that ends up being his whole path. But in a way you could call him the karate kid. Cause that's where he started. That's what he was that kid. And he was okay. looking to karate for the answer. And he ended up now you go tie that to the whole, like, well, you know, we're talking about Jesse going to China and stuff like that. Well, he, he was looking for karate and he found Kung Fu instead, you know, but I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. There you go. <laughs> I will say it would be kind of cool if they brought like Jaden Smith into Cobra Kai just for a cameo or something and kind of brought the two things. together. That would be cool. Would be kind of that cool. Even cool. if it's just like a passing like cameo. Would yeah, you? but then they'd also have to bring um, what's her name from the next Karate Kid. She hasn't oh, had Hillary, any kind of Hillary appearance Swank. yet. Yeah, Hillary Swank hasn't been on there at all yet. I would even take that. I would <laughs> take that. That was an awful. It film. certainly dreadful. It was bad. I but still loved it though. I, I did when I was a kid. I loved it. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, you got to jump from Okinawa to Japan or whatever. You got to go climb on the rock and do your your jumping kick to land on the other thing. And yeah, and she does a weird version of tacky in the monastery. She does. She does to uh, uh, to the cranberries, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a real weird. Thing. <laughs> it's weird. It is. We, I watched one the other day that I I remember watching it when I was a kid, which was Sidekicks. Did you watch that one with Chuck Norris? No. Oh my gosh! So I think. Was it Netflix? It was either Netflix or Amazon that had it. You should go watch it. Like it's an old, it's like a, I think it was probably early nineties um, karate movie. And you know, these kids like infatuated with Chuck Norris, like he, like he daydreams and he really struggles to focus. And when he, and every time he daydreams, he daydreams about being partners with Chuck Norris, being, being his backup, his, his sidekick. Right. Um, well, then he ends up. It's kind of it's a kind of Karate Kid knockoff style. He ends up uh, going to a karate dojo. He wants to learn karate. He doesn't end up there. He ends up training with um, one of the guys. His teacher, I think it's his teacher's father or something, is uh, runs a Chinese restaurant and ends up teaching him in the kitchen and stuff. He's like throwing dumplings at him and you know all this stuff. It's it's got all of the right stuff. It's silly. It's goofy. It's endearing and heartwarming. It's just it's fantastic. And I remember I remember that from when I was a kid. It's just yet one more movie that just made me go, I want to learn the martial arts because it just seems awesome. It just seems to have all the answers. And then I started learning martial arts, and I went, it does have all the answers. Not in any of the ways that the movies told me, but it totally does. I'll check that out too. Yeah. To be fair, the, the I mean, prepare the prepare for like B movie. Like it's it's oh, okay. it's pretty yeah. it's pretty cheesy, but but it's also pretty great. The main martial arts thing I've been watching involved in is is playing on on the PS4. I've turned you to see about is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It's called. Is it's a game for the PS4. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. So good. I love it. It's great. And it's proper like samurai martial arts. It's brilliant. And that yeah. super cool mechanic where you're following the wind and like yes, it's good. Yeah, I, I think that's it. super cool. I haven't actually played it. I've seen, I've talked to people about it, and I've seen it. Video games is one of the things that I I have just not been able to make time to do, even though I really want to. And that game especially, that one. And uh, nope, not going to think about it. You're like a ninja, and I'm trying to think. It came out a little bit before Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm not going to think of its name though. But also, PlayStation Ninja situation. Yeah, well, I, would I love games where you have to stealth around. I would definitely recommend Ghost of Tsushima. It's very good. It's very very good. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I'm I'm just embarrassed to say what the, my last experience with gaming was. So I'm just not going to go there. Just not going to happen. Nope. Hey, you know what? If it was <laughs> awesome, then you just quit while you were ahead. You were like. I got everything no, it I need. Wasn't. It right wasn't. Here. I saw I saw an advert for a game. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And then I realized you need to buy a whole thing in order to do it. You couldn't just do it on the laptop. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you gotta go acquire more things. What this a is not what a gimmick. My world. <laughs> yeah, they went and they they tripped you up. That's a whole bait and switch situation. You wanna play I this game? It. It's great. No, no, I've, I've, gaming is is um absolutely not my thing. I've not even gone there. I I don't think I wouldn't like it actually. I think I probably would like it, but I've just never found anything that made me go, oh yeah, that's something I really got to try. 
Yeah, so, I was I, I was big into gaming when I was a kid and then put it down for years until fairly recently. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I really love just like diving into an experience for ages and just. I do love the worlds and stuff like yeah. uh, I'll be honest, I own I own the PlayStation and then and now the PlayStation 5 because of Final Fantasy 7. Oh, they remade I was it. Didn't such they? a yeah. huge fan. They did. And that is like hands down my favorite game of all time. And so they came out. I, I told Liz, I was like, whatever console that game finally comes out on, I'm going to buy it. And it came out on the PS4. And so we got a PS4. And then they brought out the the follow up because they were releasing it in like segments. And that was exclusive to the PS5. And I was like, damn it. Now I got to go buy one of those. And the game was only like a handful of hours to play it because it was just kind of like a short thing. But mm-hmm. I really like like Japanese role playing games where it's all about like a an immersive story. Yeah. Kind of like you're playing a movie, right? Like I I I I struggle with games that are highly repetitive. Um, you know, fighters, shooters, stuff like that. Like they can be fun, but they I don't have the attention span for them. But um, ones where you can get emotionally involved in the characters and the stories, totally in for that. I think I'd like to go try playing with someone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would go go try with somebody I think who was into it and showed me. I think I would do that. I think the other thing that put me off is like about 20 years ago or so, I was um, I, I ended up playing some warish kind of thing with a kid, and it was just, just to me, it was just vile. I was mm. just shooting and being killed absolutely everywhere, and it's just like I got up from that half an hour later, going, "This is just sick. I don't want to do this." <laughs> and it just yeah. really put me off. I'm afraid. So I, I guess I've just put the whole thing to one side. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It builds, you know, you got like the hand-eye coordination thing becomes a thing, but it just is highly repetitive. Regardless yeah. of the context, they could change the context in a number of different ways. But um, I I get restless when I when I play games these days. I didn't used to. I could play for a long time, but now I get restless. And I yeah. that was part of that whole starting over thing. I think I talked about a little bit in that, this idea of using your time and like always moving forward. And a lot of times I struggle with, with games and stuff because i just feel like i'm not i'm not moving forward um where i can go watch a movie because i'm like well i can still be like thinking about stuff or like i can you know i can go watch some silly van damme movie i love van damme movies they're my favorite (laughs) (laughs) and the remake of kickboxer was brilliant it was so good they remade kickboxer they remade Kickboxer, and it's like a total – and Van Damme's in it. He plays – you know, in Kickboxer, there's like the teacher really? that teaches the tie, and and Van Damme is the teacher in the remake. Uh, and, oh, it's got all of everything you would hope it would be. And even How, in the credits, there's a scene of the, of the guy who played Van Damme's character in the original doing the dance from the bar, like verbatim, and is hilarious. And <laughs> uh, Oh, it's wonderful. Like, I just, th- there's actually two because there was like a follow up to that one. Second one wasn't as good, but uh, the first one was just like, I was like, it's perfect. It was a perfect follow up to to one of the classic Van Damme movies. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. Yeah. I think Netflix, Netflix, I think you'll find both. It's like Kickboxer Retaliation and Kickboxer Revenge or something. Like, they're both have kind of the same name. Make sure you see the first one first, but uh, fantastic. And I just love Van Damme movies. They, they're they're cheesy. Bloodsport, I think, I think Liz and I's relationship like revolves around partially around Bloodsport. Like, she's seen that movie so many times. 
And it's just, it's so good. And I'm like, she's like, the first time I showed her, she's like, what are we watching? And then, <laughs> like, yeah, at least once a year, it's just time to go watch Bloodsport. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Though, if you need a good once a year movie, we're at the right time of the year for the movie that I think everybody should watch. Hands down, get rid of any preconceived notions of any kind. Go watch this movie. Don't think anything of it. Just go do it. And go watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay. Yes. Yes. It It is a movie uh, kind of based on the the concept of like the scary movie, right? Like the like kind of the horror movie kind of situation. Told from the side of the bad guys, like the, the murderers, so, murderers, so to speak. Yeah. But they're total unwitting, and it is the most funny, most perfect, most wonderful movie. Like, it is hands down one of my favorite movies of all time in any category. And we, we watch it at, at least a couple times a year, and, and definitely around Halloween time. It's like, it's a go-to. It is one of the funniest movies you're going to watch. It's so good. I will, I will check that out. What was that? Sounds really good. What is happening? Some, something's Tucker, going on somewhere. Oh, yeah. Some kind of weird sound. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Right. And then like when you fun. do, you have to tell me what you think. Like, okay. you got you to follow up with me and let me know. I tell you and what, we'll do a little review. Yes. Do, do it. We'll do, do a review. It. It's so good. I need a scale of one to 10, where 20 is the perfect score. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's so good. All right. Well, I could chat for like forever, but I know I, I know. should probably sleep. And you guys have like a whole day to start because you're on a totally different. I was going to say it's already Monday where you are, but it's Monday where I am too. So it is. It is. <laughs> to sleep. Thank you so much for a long and fantastic conversation. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so much fun. We need to do it. Uh, we do. We do. We do. And then and we'll start clicking sticks over the internet because technology. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally up for that. Yeah, very, very up for that. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Ken. Love it. Thank you, guys. Ken. All right. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.